Demolisher. When we bring VIPs on the field, they ride in a demolisher. That way, they've got a decent chance of not coming off the field in a body bag. Sergeant Delkin Mears, 20th Avalon Hussars. You're listening to Wolfman Radio, the show that wakes you up like the sludge coffee from your regimental talk tent. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew Bluebeth Barons. Tonight, co-hosts, we have Andrew Silent Fly on the Wall, number one, Minnow Curl. <laughs> Good evening, guys. <laughs> and Aaron Silent Fly on the Wall, number two, Coach Curl. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. That's not true. He's got an awesome Marauder picture right behind <laughs> There's a lot to see there. There's just a guy in the way. One of our great historians, Luke, sweet baby Jeebus. So many questions about paint. Charles Gideon Dirks. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, Tommy, will, Tommy will be silent extremely this uh, episode and missing in action. So I wish him best of luck in whatever he's doing. So that, Tonight, special guest. Like, is that like Silent Sea Raven 2.2C? Most definitely. <laughs> Haven't heard a word from him. Uh, special guest tonight, we have the Blaine Lee Pardo. Welcome to the show again. Hello. Hi, Blaine. Hello. <laughs> also special guest tonight, we have Brett Evans, Senior Art Director, Catalyst Game Labs. Welcome to the show again. Thank you. Pleasure to be back. Thank you for having me. So tonight we're going to talk uh, quite a bit about new stuff, uh, especially uh, there's some new Catalyst uh Miniatures possibly made in a different way. Yes. And just to let everyone know, this is the reason why we're coming out with another episode not on schedule, because these guys couldn't wait like another week or two to throw this huge bomb on us. <laughs> we could totally wait. We can just kill this right now. I can, uh... I mean, honestly, <laughs> we had nothing to do with the announcement. <laughs> Who's, whose schedule are we supposed to be on here? <laughs> Hey, when cool stuff comes out, I figured you'd want to know about it. So I casually offered to Andrew, and he's like, yeah. And here we are. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah, so, so you so two we, guys so you two guys are thinking about teaming up or have been teaming up for a while about uh, creating uh, new miniatures in a production company? Yes. Just new miniatures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just and, new and miniatures. Oh, not just new miniatures. So what Just exactly? What exactly do you guys do with this variant? It's called variant, right? Variant miniatures. Oh no! Uh, no. Yes. Uh, Whoop! Go cut ahead. Out. What What will the company name be? May I ask? The company's name is Creative Juggernaut. Okay. Creative cool. Juggernaut. This has All been right. years in the making. Actually, this was something that uh, Blaine and I were working on uh, before I stepped in as the line developer for BattleTech years ago. That sounds mean and aggressive okay. and fun. All right. Oh, yeah. So, and just so we're clear, um, this diabolical scheme is something just so awesome and fun. We're super excited about it that we had to hang it up for three years. But by the time when we did hang it up, Blaine had already finished the trilogy to launch our first IP. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot involved with that one. Um, so much so that starting a plastic production studio on the side of it actually seemed like a pretty small and achievable goal compared to the rest of the stuff we had in the works. So, so yeah. So Good this Lord. is uh, this stuff all That's kind of awesome. came about in a very non-linear way. Okay. Um, we were planning on creating a plastic production studio to produce Minius for our upcoming game. 
but we needed to kind of pressure test the systems of all the availability because there's nobody around in the domestic U.S. that produces them. No, nobody does plastics in this country at all. So everybody that kind of is is kind of like kit bashing in their garage and trying to figure out the technology and what mixes of things to use and make and whatnot. Uh, so this will create possibly some faster lead time when production has to produce for customers. Uh, yes. Uh, just know that when with what we're doing, the parameters of it are going to be significantly different than anything you saw with like Kickstarter or the Game of Armor Combat stuff, stuff like that. Okay, so, so what kind of the parameters are you talking about then? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll tell you the story and then you'll you'll grasp the nuance of it. So Blaine and I already had this plan in the works. We needed to start figuring out how to do the, the plastic production stuff. And uh, for those of you that remember the giant awesome statue that um, we yep. had created for for the re-release of the new box sets and stuff for Battletech, because that was actually created by a, a demo agent named uh, Kevin Hughes, yep. um, produced in his garage. Kevin's awesome. Uh, and for those of you that know him, he's a total mechanical genius. Um, kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah, he has like a CNC machine in his garage. So when I say he built it in his garage, that was... Uh, he, he kept arguing, saying he wanted to have it articulate and have it automated so that it would walk into the conventions. <laughs> and I had to explain that we, there's no way we'd get a license to be able to bring it in. We couldn't get the permits for it if it was actually could walk under its own power or if it was I, I had to make it a lot smaller. He wanted it at least 10 feet tall. So I, had, I could say, I give me your miniatures. <laughs> I had a yeah, I had a I had a lengthy conversation with him where he was actually talking about trying to get the actual miniatures with articulating arms motorized on a regular Battletech miniature. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you're crazy, but that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, and then you talk to him and you realize he actually knows all of the things on how to get it he's done. He's planned it all the way through, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is an evil genius. Oh, yeah, totally. So the three of us so, obviously got together. That so I was going to say, I, I assume then that he's part of this whole um fiasco that that you guys are partaking oh, yeah. on <laughs> absolutely so That's so we're awesome. bashing it together we're trying to figure out okay what you would make stuff out of you know what processes should we use to make the molds uh and i'm like you know what i've got access to all the the catalyst 3d models why don't we use some of those because we're very familiar with uh the BattleTech miniatures so i threw him the crusader and the marauder 2c i said Try these out for different, like, you know, one's relatively simple, one is really complex in terms of all the bits. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we, you know, I'm not joking, Kev Kevin spent 10 months um, testing every material he could find, um, all the different ways of doing the molds, all the different ways of doing the castings, how many parts should things be in, what are the tolerances of everything. Um, producing them in so many different ways and things. And it was, it's a spectacular amount of ways to fail. I mean, honestly, you look at all the stuff that like, that didn't come out right. That, that, that's, that, this is really, is it supposed to be this soft? Like all that stuff, all the tr trial and error stuff that normally people would go through when they're creating something you like, you know, you can do it, but you don't know how, um, that all happened. And Blaine's laughing at me. Cause yeah, we have like, I'm laughing cause stuff. we all have this giant bag of parts <laughs> floating around yeah. of like various mech limbs and bodies that but they're dibs, great because they make great dibs, dibs. Yeah. oh that's perfect terrain stuff man we were there's oh, a yeah. whole discussion that goes along with that too oh yeah totally. <laughs> my address <laughs> is i held this up at the battle tech development meeting two weeks and they're like 
is that the dime bag of mech parts? I'm like, oh, nice. I can just see how this is <laughs> A dime bag. That's awesome on the corner. <laughs> I, hey, I, I want to I order... I want an order an eight ball. Can I can I get that done, please? Oh, and, and the other thing Kevin's been kind of experimenting with are these wonderful looks too, being able to do Those this in nice. the United States. All right. So all right. So did you really so want to bring primary, up dice? Are those pretty square? <laughs> yeah, ours are actually square. So primary. So primary. Primary question that I have is is what is. What what three re- whether you did research or not? What is one of the reasons why we don't have this kind of capability stateside? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, honestly, as most things go, the answer is way more complicated than anybody can sum up in a sentence or two. But in no uncertain terms, once uh, 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 international production agreements like NAFTA happened, production capacity for this stuff in the states disappeared. And I mean, all of it. Like uh, Catalyst got a lot of flack from a a a, a vocal, um, semi-excitable portion of the fan base saying, you know, why didn't you produce these in the United States? Why did you have to go overseas? And, and we explained, no, literally, we had to go overseas. There is no one in the United States that does. Um, and even if there were, which there really there really wasn't, there was zero. Uh, even if there were. Um, you would have been looking at miniatures that were probably in the neighborhood of five times the cost. Five. Okay. I would not yeah. have imagined that much, but wow. Okay. Yeah. People think it'll be like, oh, it's like 15% more. It's like, no, no, no. It's not. Okay. Somehow I turned my camera sideways. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I had like a bug on my screen. I went to go swipe off and now I'm sideways. <laughs> That's all. I don't even know how I did that. I want to leave it just because. Are you on your phone? It's radio, man. <laughs> it's Turn radio. Anyway, they, they won't know us. Radio. Right. It's radio. Um, how did that work? So a little so, sideways right now, folks. Eh, he's always a little sideways. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess I guess it's 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 I, that Jade Falcon and their circuitry for. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I guess. I, I guess the most obvious second question is how does this affect or does it affect Iron Winds? Dude, it's cute that you guys think that this could in any way, shape, or form affect Iron Winds. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Iron Winds has a thousand views. They have their own license from Tops. This is not going to affect Iron Winds. No. Okay. Uh, and the no, but is, I've just, uh, I know. I know that there's a lot of fans that that will be one of the questions that they would have immediately is, is you guys are going to be producing Battletech miniatures. How does that play in or work with Ironwinds? Like you guys are going to be doing variant parts for Omnimex. Will those variant parts be in metal through Ironwinds and plastic through you guys? Is that exclusive with you guys? Is those are the I know that those are kind of some questions that I know a lot of fans will be asking and curious right. about because because BattleTech fans have the concept of a lot of ownership to the to the oh, yeah. to the line. So absolutely, I mean, <clears throat> Ironwood Metals has the, they're the inheritors of Ralph Partha and they've been a huge part of keeping BattleTech alive and well as far as supplying miniatures and stuff for thirty six years now. Yeah. So it's funny. I don't know what's going on with Andrew's camera. I'm getting no vocals, but. Just like little still shots of him making hand gestures. <laughs> what are you doing, man? 
I don't know. Between the two of you, it's, it's just become a real you ride. Got, you guys, you guys really got to see him in person because that's exactly what he's doing. Like that's just what he does. He's pacing himself over the two hours. Print freezing in and out of our quantum space. The print screen button is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but anyway, to answer the full question on the Iron One Metals thing, let, let's be really clear how Iron One Metals works. Uh, they uh, they have quarterly releases that are planned out in advance. Uh, and so typically, uh, like they will know, uh, they try to do 12 to 15 months in advance for what their, their schedule is. And they will earmark three or four items to be released per quarter. Uh, and they keep those things available and stuff and they make those available through the stores that order direct to them. I'm sorry, direct from them or that they make available purely on their web store. So what we are doing is we are. Uh, creating the ability for Catalyst to offer um, currently it's just web exclusives for special events around the storylines of the events of things that are happening in Battletech. Now that now that Catalyst is moving the storyline and events that had been hanging for long periods of time forward, uh, there are a lot of things that will be happening where having miniatures involved in that, for instance, in the, the invasion of Terra, there is a number of new technologies and new uh, 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 mechs that will be appearing there for the first time. Uh, and having the ability to offer promotional items and things f uh, by Catalyst through their web store to support those events just simply helps bring those, uh, those events uh, to life better. Um, Absolutely, yeah. That doesn't, it doesn't stop Ironwind in any way, shape, or form from producing those things later. So okay. Iron out their schedule a year in advance and releases them quarterly and stuff and so there there's no exclusivity there they have a license for battletech just like catalyst does. so it's all good so to clarify you guys aren't going to have like a whole catalog of every mech that catalyst is making or iron is making you guys are doing you're doing more of certain uh variant arms or pieces that will be able to go on to existing battle mechs and uh in addition special promotion mechs, things that you're seeing in the books that aren't even quite down the pipeline yet, things right. like that? Uh, specialty items, yeah. Specialty yeah. items, okay. So yeah. you're like um, like, a, like a vanity miniature, you know, like in, in a game, you can get like a different vanity, you know, skin for your character or something like that. That's kind of where you guys are the niche in. Uh, right? Yeah, and, and a big part of that is that uh, obviously Blaine and I are really well connected within the, the events that are happening playing out in the stuff that Battletech's have, doing. Uh, like the events for Battletech that, that are going on there. So we don't have to be brought in for anything. When, for instance, for 2K, there were several mechs that showed up in the Battle of 2K that were 2K specific configurations of things. Really didn't ever show up anywhere else. Um, something like that is actually not a good fit for Iron One Metals because it's so niche. Yep. Uh, you know, that's a weird thing. It wouldn't be good for Ironwind to build those and then send those out to stores because most people going into stores aren't really going to be looking for this one weird configuration out of this one specific mm -hmm. event that happened, oh, in 1993. You know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, because we're so well connected to it, we can identify, yeah, we can help out with that. Yeah, we can do this, that kind of thing. It, it makes it available, uh, makes it possible. And it, honestly, it happened oddly. Uh, Blaine and I were working on something. We were already using the 3D models for Battletech just to kind of test our own abilities to do stuff. Uh, and, you know, Kevin sent us a 
a dime bag of mech parts of the things that he'd been working on for the Crusader, which Blaine can hold up for the camera, and the Marauder 2C. And, and the reason we they, that Kevin chose those two things is that the Crusader, I think, came in five pieces, and I think the Marauder 2C was like 18. <laughs> so we like all the different ways of cutting it up into little bits which obviously are viewed sideways. What if I do God, this? he's so beefy. Oh, he's so pure. He's so pretty. Oh, it's no. like, just so we're clear, these are the Battletech scale. And, you know, like, these are all made off of the the current, new, canon redesigned cool. 3D models and stuff. Okay. Uh, but with that said, these are not 3D printed. These are not prototypes. The, these were, we actually made a mold. From, the, of, from the digital file? You took from the digital yeah. file to Actually, to make it. We had to completely overhaul the digital files. Um, and one of the reasons oh, no the digital files were, yeah, the, the digital files are great if we're making illustrations. However, um, they're not solid or waterproof in any way, shape, or form. They there was about twenty hours worth of work converting these files over and getting them built enough so that we can use them for miniature production. Yeah, because so it, it, it was really like. If I can, uh, what we have to do is make these into parts. The parts have to fit together. And the digital file, as Brent said, it's a kind of a 3D photograph of the miniature. If you're running it through a 3D printer, that's all, that'll work. Cause it'll print it, etc. What we wanted to do is make it so that the arms could be positioned differently. So if you look at grab a couple of these you'll see that for example these the torsos are different positioned the arms are different positioned etc there's not a lot of me sitting here with an exacto knife carving to make that happen that's how they naturally fit so there's some work that has to be done in order to achieve that so that in some of the files weren't consistently done or created as well so there's some work that has to go into some of the fun that goes into that. So uh, Kevin has been spending quite a bit of time parting them. Uh, the Marauder has an ungodly number of parts to it. I forget how many, Brent, but there were quite too a many. few parts to the Marauder. Yeah, way too many for the Marauder. Um, yeah, the feet themselves, like the feet and the ankles, ankles were two separate parts. And then you have upper and lower leg. You have hips. You have arms in multiple parts. The the um, uh, auto cannon on the, the dorsal auto cannon is two separate parts. So yeah, there's just a huge number of parts. Two parts. It's totally worth Holy it. Crap. Totally worth it. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know that there's. I know there's been a lot of people that I've talked to, and you know, even with CSO artists, where they want to be able to have their mechs in more of an action pose than always the static. You guys have been doing a lot better job with the art of not having them be in this real static i'm standing here pose where they look like they're moving um these this is going to allow people to be really really creative with their miniatures which i think is fantastic oh and it's well, interesting and, and brent can probably talk a little more about this but we, we originally talked with catalyst too that was kind of like hey could you assemble these and put them in boxes etc and we've been kind of arguing you know gee, you know the fans are just going to cut them up anyway <laughs> Right. You know, and with variant arms, you know, you right. don't know which arm they're going to want to stick on there, etc. So, you know, we've been going through and kind of playing with that, and uh, I mean, it just takes a lot of work even to get the bases done at this point. But 
Aaron sitting there with a box full of pieces. <laughs> um, <laughs> our production's working on that end. That will better be, be an inch fans. and a quarter. That will be the, that will give the fans a tremendous amount yeah. of uh, personal Flexibility. interest to change it how they want it. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's it too. Also a problem there. So the other question then to kind of follow up with something that you guys said earlier is uh, I think you guys said something about a new IP between you you two. You're you're coming out with some n- a new IP. Can you guys talk about that at all or? Dun, dun, dun. They're looking at each other through the camera right now, trying to read each other's <laughs> face. Should, should, should we? Just, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Let's just let's just mute Blaine. Let's just mute Blaine. Let Ren go. Because <laughs> I might stop him. Go ahead. Uh, admittedly, I'm going to be intentionally vague uh, and and uh, generic on some of the stuff because uh, uh, I will tease out what's coming a bit. Um, but I won't give you a lot of answers. I'm not telling what you get for Christmas, uh, mostly because it's not for Christmas. But uh, as long uh, as yeah. we do get something for Christmas, no, it's going to be 2021 definitely. Uh, <laughs> at this point, we just written off 2020 completely. But no, um, yeah, admittedly, we we all kind of dove down once the order from Catalyst came through because we sent out some of those copies of the Marauder and the Crusader to the guys at, at, at Catalyst. It's like, hey, actually check this out, see what you think. Uh, and they were so impressed. They're like, yeah, let's find ways to, to do this. And that's where the 2K thing came along. Um, so we're like, all right, well, we let, let's you know, like really dive down the rabbit hole, produce some stuff for 2K and go from there. And that admittedly pushed back our plans of releasing because by now we had planned on uh, re- launching the first Kickstarter for the first installment for the new IP. Uh, okay. Actually, right about probably next week would have been the plan. But uh, we're pushing that back a quarter. Uh, so in Q1 of next year, you will see something from us specifically launching um, this new IP. Uh, the new IP is going to start with a trilogy novel. Yes. And uh, yes. One, yes. yeah, the original yes. plan, as excited as you think that is. Um, it, it's easy to excite me. It's going to be so, we're going so much farther down the rabbit hole. I mean, oh, yeah. this was one of those times where. Uh, I, I'm sure you guys don't quite grasp this about Blaine, but he's usually held back from the from how far he really wants to go. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, we've had we've with, had talks. I know he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Blaine and I, I don't hold Blaine back. So oh, this when it comes to be fun. I'm like, dude, yeah, you're you're a co-founder with this company. You want it, you run. We go as far as we want to go. Let's go all the way down the rabbit hole. Let's push the boundaries. Let's really go. Uh, and so that's been one of the coolest things we realized if we really wanted to launch something, it's going to be a new gaming IP before the game comes out. We are launching a trilogy of novels that will be coming out in a, in a series because we want to create the experience with the fan base of trying to figure out what exactly is going on in this new universe there. It's the only time I can think of where I've seen somebody in a set of novels try to recreate the character experience of a fog of war interesting uh, and yeah. hopefully it'll come out so not only are we doing a trilogy of novels blaine wrote something like 28 pieces of novellas short fiction things so when we launch the kickstarter it won't just be you know wait until the thing's done and we'll send you a story no we're going to be 
feeding you story nonstop so you get hooked every single time we send you a new update. Uh, Going ho hog. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. so Brent, this this will be this will be a game then that you'll play. You won't just be a one trick pony with BattleTech anymore. This will be a a new right. game that you play then, right? Yeah, okay. it's a okay. it's both a RPG um, and the capability to take your RPG character into a tabletop setting. Yep. And <gasps> the tabletop setting yes. has multiple modes of play as well coming out the door with one but there'll yeah. be more coming down the road so it's actually like incredibly we're taking warfare miniatures warfare to a depth that has never been taken before yeah. and one of the cool things about it is blaine's original concept of can we use the mechanics from the the tactical skirmish game and mimic those in the RPG so that you can fluidly bounce between from one to the other to get the same gameplay feel uh, and make it really, really accessible for people that like to play one way to try out the other. Because most RPG players don't go play tactical skirmish games. And, and most miniature war game figures, they don't go play RPGs. It's a totally different kind of uh, a gameplay experience. But if you can remove the having to learn a rule set hurdle from it, it makes it way more accessible. Now, just to head off any um, hate mail, Blaine, all of those stories you've written have not delayed the release of Hour of the Wolf, correct? <laughs> has nothing to do with the damn freaking release. Let's put it this way, too. I got reached out to today to review source book some of the source book content tied to when hour of the wolf's coming out so catalyst is mm. not just going to be you know popping one thing at a time here they're actually dual processing which tells me by the way my storyline is fairly solid if they're writing the source book material for it <laughs> so um awesome. and where he was <laughs> in the source book tells me it's almost done so <laughs> That's the way they work, yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to get that out there, Blaine, so nobody went, oh, see, Blaine's got his side gig that he that's holding up my Battletech book. Oh, that's my not God. the case. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the things that held up Hour of the Wolf are, will require a complete separate podcast and much more alcohol than I have tonight. <laughs> Let's Actually, what we it. can say, though, is that all of the Land and Sea content was written before Hour of the Wolf ever happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it definitely well, the, trilogy, the, the trilogy was done, and we actually hired the original editor from Battletech, uh, Sharon Mulvihill, to okay. do the editing on the trilogy, and the books are all edited. Oh, So they're just ready, they're ready to rock then, huh? Yeah, we're gonna launch him as a Kickstarter now. We're gonna launch okay. him as a Kickstarter to start just to kind of generate some intriguing buzz. And part of what we wanted to offer in that Kickstarter is some miniatures, so that when the game comes out, I hit the ground running. So, so everything's Blaine, all tied together. I, I thought that you were gonna retire a little bit, right? I am. I That's mean, my <laughs> retirement. This is his retirement. So to build his retirement. <laughs> he seems a lot busier now than he ever was, but he it's always—it's not work when you enjoy doing what you do, right? Yeah, I'm having a good time. He's got the freedom Excellent. to enjoy it. 
Yeah. Son. Actually, no, it's it's funny. Back when when Blaine and I first sat down to do our little team up or, or, or even talk about it, uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, I got a couple of ideas that I've been running around. I'm like, all right, I got one in particular that I I wanted you for, and like, tell you what, you pitch me my, you, you pitch me yours, and I'll pitch you mine, and we'll figure it out. I won't tell you how the conversation went, but at the end of it, he looked at it and he's like, okay, we're we're doing yours, and. Uh, this is what I'll, this is my retirement. He's like, this is what I'll do for the rest of my life. Cause this is, there's so many ways the story is awesome and will spin into so many more cool stories. Uh, and, and that was one of the magic hooks with the IP that's, that's to come is that it's so accessible to everybody. Cause there's, I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> now, just to clarify, so, this, so has the, nothing, so, this has nothing to do with Battletech. Nothing. It's a brand new IP. It's yeah, not I know. Brand licensed new IP. or anything brand new. You know, nope, there, there's some, the whole there's some slow people in our fan base like me that, you know, sometimes we just need to be reassured every once in a while. No, that's fair. That's, that's fair. And this doesn't impede our work on Battletech at all. It's just. Yeah. I, I have a question before we move off of the, the miniatures uh, company. Did the explosion of the Kickstarter have anything to do with moving this forward? slowed it down slowed it down <laughs> so this was ha- <laughs> this was happening no matter what on the battle tech side oh, absolutely. not not absolutely. the yeah. the other ip but yeah no the other ip was happening automatically the other company was handling happening automatically in fact what like you guys see me as being still very very active and blaine very very active uh in battle tech what you guys probably don't know is that um i actually cut my job in half a catalyst because i hired a, someone to take over the art direction for Shadowrun. So if you'll think calendar of 2020, yeah, April 1st was my date to have the new person for Shadowrun start. I gave my notice March 1st. <laughs> How did the left seat, right seat go for that transition? Yeah, so I, I said, I would like to cut my job in half. I'll go down to half, you know, you know cut, cut, take, take his salary directly out of mine. I'll, I'll work for less, just, you know. <laughs> Right before lockdown. And right COVID. before pandemic time. Yeah. And it turns out, you know, like right at the start of the pandemic is just a wonderful time to launch a new company. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Timing. But it's real important, too. I And I want to give a shout out. We've got two other team members that aren't on this call that are really key to this. And Ke- Kevin's definitely... When it comes to the miniatures, he's our brainchild. Um, yeah, he's just, he comes up with some creative stuff even for us to use, what we use for our leftover mold material, um, leftover plastic. He's he, he gave Brent some molds for some urban mechs, and we've been producing like a covert army of thousands of urban mechs during our production <laughs> runs. And, uh, but, but he, you know, and we also have Eric Crew who's working with us who handles a lot of our timeline, our website, and production yeah. type stuff. And, and we were kind of the core at this point for Creative Juggernaut, but it, they're. So the team's not just Brent and I and Kevin kind of doing this. There, there's other folks that we pull into this, and we'll be pulling in other people too as we get bigger. That's so fantastic. you guys, yeah, you guys had the the company developing the new IP. Yep. Coming and and part of that is miniatures. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then at what point did you say, "Hey, let's bring this back over to our our other job"? and apply what we're learning here to over there. 
It was when we had the those like test prints coming out of the the molds of like, hey, we could actually do, uh, you know, Crusaders and and uh, Marauder Two Cs at a pretty good quality level, and we knew we thought the quality was was doing well. It was at or or above uh, what was coming out from China, uh, but we figured we weren't exactly um, unbiased. So we're like, all right, well, let's send, let's show these to to Ray and Randall and see what they think and stuff. And uh, you, I don't think I've ever gotten a call from Ray so fast in my life on anything. It's like, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, Ray is a diehard Marauder fan. And when I sent him this dime bag of Marauder parts and then an assembled Marauder too, uh, he's like, holy crap, dude, these are freaking amazing. How'd you do this? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, we locked Kevin in a garage for 10 months. That's how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, and you guys raised a really good point too, and I and, and it's something Brett and I've been batting around as well as you know when you're dealing with a company in China, you know if they have leftover parts, mold defects, etc., that you know yeah. for a limb or a torso or whatever or leg and stuff, they don't sell those back to Catalyst, and and we've been joking that one of the things we wanted to do is able to offer those types of things for people who are really crafting a base, you know, because it's kind of cool having your mech stepping on top of another crushed mech. Yes, or it holding, is. holding an arm as a club, yeah. you know. Oh, and, that actually and, might be your biggest seller. <laughs> the leftover not, pieces. He's probably not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and, you know, another thing blemish. we've been floating around, other thing we've been floating around is do we want to do some kind of pre-molded bases that have different terrain on them like urban terrain or craters or whatever so you could position your mech in there and some of that work everybody's doing using putty right now you could just do you know it's already kind of pre-formed in there and go from there so we've been batting around ideas like that so we actually keep bags of the mech parts our own stuff just to experiment with but that's something we've been we're we're kind of pulling that over is a good idea i'd be interested in your guys feedback on that i to be honest with you i think that that is such an untapped market that anything that you have that's a miscast if you just put it up as a three dollar dime bag like like you just said i don't think you'd be able to keep the bags on the shelf because it, with with the new Kickstarter that's coming out and the mechs that are there, I mean, if you, I mean, I know you guys are active on Facebook and you're seeing what people are doing. I mean, some of the stuff that people are starting to do with the new miniatures are it, it's short of fantastic. Being able to add, like you said, uh, some really really neat base material or adding a, a Marauder arm as a club on a Battlemaster or something like that, that would be I. I'm, Personally, I don't think you'd be able to keep them on the shelf, but that's that's just me. It's good to know because that's what mm -hmm. our sense was. But we, you know, you never know, yeah. and we're just experimenting at this point to kind of get this hammered through. But it's going to be. Brent's been casting Storm Crows today and sending me pictures and stuff. So uh, small bone to pick with both of you, by the way. Yeah. Um, oh, cool! You guys realize that in the uh, Wave One Kickstarter. You left out the Crusader, therefore I cannot put together a complete 3025 Black Widow company. 
Um, yeah. I mean, that was clearly an oversight. Who the on. hell missed that? I mean, <laughs> I mean come on. Oh, so so you, this would that? be of interest to yeah. you. Yeah, you're showing, you're showing you're showing the Crusaders right now. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, and speaking from uh, like a manufacturing production, the revenue you will make from that scrap actually being utilized and sold is nothing but gain. I mean, companies have all that scrap that gets thrown away and no revenue gets made of it. You're already paying to use the, use the material. You might as well make some money off of it by selling blemish dime bags. I, I really, well, we got to work. We got to work a lot of that out with catalyst still. So yeah, it's exciting. That's a great stuff. idea. Yeah. I, 100%. Well, yeah. It's, and, good and problem, it's, it's good problems to have. <laughs> right, and, and, and if it's as modular as the uh, images look on the uh, Kickstarter, I think it would be interesting, you know, just to be able to pick up a bag o bag o random mech bits, and then it, it like swapping out an arm, and then now it's a battle damaged mech um, mm. because oh. I happen to have that mini already. So I'm gonna yeah. lop off the arm, put on the bet the the miscast one. And I'll now it's a mech with some flavor, so it doesn't look like everybody else's, which yeah. I know is a big goal yep. of your guys's, I, I'm sure, because everybody wants their unit to look different, even Kevin, if Kevin actually went through and talked about bounding magnet holes in the minis yes. so you could position them you know, live on the battlefield. No, you don't have to go that far. If you have the space for it, I mean, it, it works with some, but I mean, like, I, I magnetize the new um, catapult, the, oh, yeah. the metal one. The metal one, the metal box launchers are too heavy. They, they'll spin. So, but plastic, ma the magnets would work just beautifully. But <laughs> if you can do that and it's not a hard thing to do, this, I would do it. This is like yeah, screw this you guys. is like doing a video chat circa 1996 on AOL. <laughs> <with> Andrew. <laughs> I got no picture for Brad, <laughs> and I get this flash, and then I just picture at some point Andrew's going to disappear, and there's going to be somebody like a dog sitting there. Like right between the. You shows. have to make that happen during. You have to make that happen during the during the the. the Break probably that'd be it's, funny. Uh, it's like every ten frames we get a new picture of it. Exactly, <laughs> and it's just a Andrew still frame. flash dance. <laughs> oh, oh, but I gotta tell you, a lot of this is Brent been driving this guy. There's a lot of credit for this. Uh, the guys from Catalyst do too. They've been incredibly like, hey, we want to take advantage of what you're doing. Can you do X, Y, and Z? And we're working through the kinks. Brent's Brent's been casting today. So, do they have like oh, yeah. bull whips over there in Catalyst to like make <laughs> you guys work? I mean, every time you guys come on, it's like, oh, and by the way, we've also been doing this and this, and I'm like, oh. You would think. Okay. Now, the honest truth is, it, 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 it's easy to understand. If we just took you guys and put you on a team and said, "Take us," we're not going to give you any guidance whatsoever run them up oh we already and, do that you should have seen like our creative like process <laughs> you should have seen our creative process for getting our 350 rule set out that was 
<laughs> we had some highs and lows on that one. Yeah. I bet you guys never disagreed with anybody on your creative staff. <laughs> and we all handle it very clearly and cleanly, and uh, you know, it's all professional. As adults, professional. As, as adults, as adults yes. Well, let's not yes. get carried away, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody types angry at eleven thirty at night. I would be not. <laughs> you wake up in the morning and there's ninety nine plus more messages on your Facebook Messenger. What the hell were you guys talking uh, about last night? <laughs> oh, well, you interesting it. the fans have just been lining up on this concept of some variant miniatures. And I'm like, okay, well, it's miniature with some different arms and hands and stuff. And they're like, yeah, uh, when can I, you know, they want to place orders and stuff. So, you know, yeah. clearly no. we've hit, hit a nerve. <laughs> just so, a little one, yeah. I think. Right. So do you guys have like a plan of how, like what you're going to be addressing in what order? I know you mentioned Invasion of Terra, Tukiid, like kind of, you mean for is there a timetable? Of- yeah. Yeah. Is there a timetable? And just so we're clear, are you talking miniatures or just the, the battle? The, ver- the variant, the variation stuff. Oh, we're not intending to work our way through anything. It's supporting whatever Catalyst wants us to do. We just happen to have the ability to do it at the time. And- we're like, all right, we'll, we'll okay. try this out, see, see what we can what, do. Uh, we'll what, kind of, what kind of turnaround time do you guys have? What kind of turnaround time do you guys have? Well, there's the turnaround time we were expecting based off of what we did <laughs> the other stuff and the turnaround time we were experiencing here during COVID and, and curveballs. So uh, in a nutshell, we expect to be able to go from uh, variant build to having uh, units produced that we can send to Catalyst within a month. What kind of quantities are you thinking? Small quantities. Small the kind Small. of quantities that okay. would be appropriate for a, a, a website exclusive kind of thing. Yeah, I would always kind so of do I can these, so, I would so do we can get on the short list then for when you're gonna email it. <laughs> I wanna make gonna, sure I'm on the short list for when they go out that I know that they're going so I at least I can get them ordered. <laughs> I, I would nothing put it short this or way. small about you, Aaron Andrew. Oh, <laughs> oh geez. I haven't done a fat there joke in a while. Come on. <laughs> I would say this. I would view the these uh, initial runs anyway as very much collector items. I you know, I don't. We'll have the capability of producing them ongoing. Um, but what we're talking about initially is kind of a small run to kind of and and Catalyst wants to test this too. So yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I would I... view these as collectible items. You know. Can I slip some money to the to the drug dealer of of Blaine or Brent and just make sure that whatever you get, you just kind of send some stuff my way? <laughs> With the understanding that we'll give them out as prizes to our fans at uh, we will have events. I, I, I did, however, offer a, a couple out to the European folks. It was really cute, actually. Like looking at the comments and things once the press release went out on Friday, and it, like I don't think it took five minutes before people were arguing over international shipping. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, oh arguing? God. What do you mean arguing? <laughs> arguing? Like, Boy, they yeah, were like, they were take my money. Hostile. Take my money. Hostile. <laughs> we're like, yeah. Like, it's cute that that's your biggest concern, but like, you know, fulfillment to the UK, really not the biggest concern right now. We're trying to, you know, pressure test the system and figure out if we can get these things out in quantity with quality not having you know problems and stuff. In fact, it's interesting. You guys don't know, and you're not supposed to ever see that side of the house. But uh, like for the miniatures that 
Catalyst work has produced in China for the fulfillment of box sets and everything else. Um, it is amazing how often it takes, you know, Catalyst, you know, we go through their quality control. They, they send us the photos of the items that are coming off and we're like, okay, now fix this, fix this, fix this and go back. And then they remold, they recast, they resend. And we're like, okay, now this is wrong. That arm's not supposed to be aimed at the sky. You know, <laughs> like, like literally somebody cut off the weapons and added something that's the wrong unit that doesn't fit right. You know, like all kinds of stuff. Uh, in fact, this last week, uh, China sent uh, production proofs for a batch of a new batch of units. Uh, I don't know what the sculptor was doing in China, but they literally cut off the cockpit for the urban mech and put on a new one. But it doesn't look Battletech at all. But, uh, maybe something out of Game of Thrones, but not Battletech in any way, shape, or form. Like, Who but, made that uh, man a sculptor? It, it, big circle, no, rejected, send this back, get this redone. And that kind of stuff is totally normal. It, it happens all the time. Uh, wow. So, yeah, like right now, that's the, the stage that we're in of we're like testing everything to make sure it's coming out right. We're getting quality, like that, that kind of stuff. And, and when you do this, you figure out, can you get it right? Once you've dialed it in and you've got it right, then you're like, okay, now how can, you know, what kind of production quantity, speed can we do? That kind of thing. How do we package it to make sure it survives shipping? There's all these other steps that go involved before we ever worry about arguing over shipping rates for international fulfillment. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to so, go to go with like how big of a flood you guys have received since the since the catalyst release of your of your new company, I mean BattleTech is just growing leaps and bounds. I think there was an article in a in a uh, I can't remember the magazine right now, but uh, BattleTech resurgence or something like that. And you're seeing people coming out of the woodwork right now that again they were they heard of BattleTech or they played maybe a half a game or one game or they saw the box set and now they're just like these minis look awesome the, the there's two uh great uh I, I love the fact that people are accepting that alpha strike is a is a viable uh system Rolls to battletech it's not just classic or battletech it's 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 you know they're two very good systems right now so there's two different ways to play the game i just read through destiny twice and that is going to be awesome fun uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That was very well done. Um, By the way, it's interesting that you said that because you, know, you start off with the, the Alpha Strike thing. Okay, now there's two ways to play the game. Yeah, the sales figures and stuff for Destiny, huge success. Huge, huge success. The fact that we you know, very intelligently approached and came up with a way to do an RPG element, but it's it incorporated that RPG light thing so that the tactical players could use that to mm -hmm. add to their game without having to completely do a different kind of a game. It, it's been huge. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. The, the reaction we're, to, to all three of those systems is, is excellent. We've we've actually been talking about doing something very similar to what the setup is here and having us play Destiny uh, really? and record it and upload it for YouTube. So that's that, that with COVID, because COVID sucks, um, trying to find ways to, to play with our friends and, and oh, do you something You guys may cool, get a so. chance at that. Um because John Helfers has asked me to actually run a Destiny campaign, and nice. uh, they want to do it on Twitch, and I told them that my gaming group is is into it, but they don't know BattleTech Universe. And I said I need like three or four BattleTech people on there who can help guide the people who don't know anything. Because part of the goal is let's try to bring in new people. So yeah. yeah I, that that opportunity is probably going to be out there. Uh, I I don't know who who you would get. 
I, I really yeah, who could you find? Where I could don't you find know. I don't know who you'd reach out to to, to try and make oh, that, that happen. Oh, that campaign but... I came up with is so freaking cool because it's sat during the startle. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Very cool. So, um, we I, actually uh, we actually talked extensively on whether we might try to implement implement this into the uh, the Wolfnet Regiment, our Mega Mech uh, giant <laughs> thing going on, and. Um, yeah, As of right a, now, it, it it would be a little too difficult to do just because there's so many people involved in it. But uh, we might we might try to do some small things with the command company or the command star uh, to see how it works. But um, it's it's fantastic. I want to do some test sessions just so that I can make sure I've got the mechanic down because <laughs> mechanics are pretty simple when you get down to it. There's like a page of mechanics. It's the handing off of yeah story that i think is going to be tricky part and kind of keeping a group of players in line so i i want to have like a test run at some point just to you have you have a tough time telling stories yeah well i (laughs) i can tell the story the problem is with destiny everybody tells the story oh yeah well when i go rpg mode i i don't get out of character until the session's done i i've done a a lot of uh (laughs) D and D uh, and Pathfinder um, and Deadlands he, RPGing. He likes he likes to play a woman. I uh, <laughs> I've done that once. It, it was interesting. <laughs> I, I, I they basically said no because I ruined the whole thing. I, I took. Well, you go to the wrong bathroom then too. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> I took it too far. I had a little too much to drink. And uh, that's that's a given with you though. That's, that's it started out fun, but. <laughs> I got to tell you, what popped with Destiny for me was the freaking artwork. It was mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. yeah. And the, the I'm talking the illustrations of the mech warriors, the pilots, and the elementals. Character artwork is over the top. And I think that's Brent's. I, I don't know. Brent, you may have more specifics on that. But that was something. I, I just was like, wow, this is eye candy. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, honestly, the images came through amazing. We had it, it's always tough when you're doing characters within the Battletech universe because there are so many levels of details. Like, well, what color should they be? Where should they be? What patches should be on their uniform? All that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, with Destiny, it, it it was just came out so amazing. Like that uh, that House Lao Mech Warrior, where you know giving yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. Chance to say, yeah. Hey, you know, take House Lao historically accurate uniform, but modernize it, make it cool. Uh, and, and, you know, and you looked at it and you're like, oh my God, that is amazing. And it looks so high tech. And then you look at the classic picture from like, what, 1987 that was done in Markers. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. it actually looks totally, it's true to the spirit of it. And he just modernized it. And, and that was, you know, giving the artist the freedom to do that was amazing. I'll also throw out a fun little curveball for you. Um, and this is new information for everybody. Um, we had an artist that was brand new to Battletech, um, uh, Tan Ho Sin, from the other side of the planet. Uh, that was his first uh, Battletech project that he ever did art for. And he ended up going on. He's been doing novel covers for us. So uh, Divided We Fall, um, uh, Children of Kerensky, uh, you know, a, a variety of other images. He's like, he's loving Battletech. He's like, yeah, this is really, really great. And this is somebody literally from the other side of the planet um and you know he he's just loving it so much that 
uh, earlier in the month, he reached out and said, yeah, I would like to know what it would take to become like a dedicated Battletech artist. I said, well, it just tells me that you, you, you tell me that you really want to go down the rabbit hole and then I line a ridiculous flow of work for you and we see if you break. It's really the answer. <laughs> you don't ask that question. <laughs> yeah, so I gave him the red pill, blue pill option. He's like, I'm in. Count me in. So We'll uh, break yeah. you. Yeah, he's he's actually, he'll be, I'm lining him up now for a new maps to help Tad out doing maps. Uh, lining out a whole bunch of new new covers and images and stuff, so you'll just see the guys that did the amazing artwork from Destiny just stepping in and doing a whole lot more. We've got a variety of new artists in on BattleTech now, and they're gonna wow you guys. Well, that's exciting because yeah. all the artwork, uh, for one, I don't know if I mentioned it, but the 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 cards, the character cards, were awesome. That's nice. that's exactly yeah. the artwork that I was looking for. It it quite not quite portrait, but I mean, it is yeah. a portrait, but it, it's very cool looking. It's, I, yeah. I don't know how to admit it. I, but. I absolutely love the way my my portrait came out. It's <laughs> just spectacular. Yeah. It, it was... I love the way I look. Hey, the artist probably should have gotten a bonus for making me look as good as I did on the card. Because he, he had to go to work a little bit to make that happen. Speaking of Andrew's video freezing, his video froze one time. And his profile was exactly like the picture that he has right off his right shoulder. And it was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But. Yeah, I'm glad you like that, uh, Andrew. Yeah, honestly, the... That one, that's another example of an artist coming into Battletech completely, totally brand new to the IP, did not have an experience with it. But it, it takes, turns down that, like, after seven explanations of what a neural helmet and a cool investor is supposed to look like, you're like, okay, you're just never leaving the IP anymore because it took so long to get you here. Uh, you just, you're stuck. You, you're going to have to do something. So, yeah. Awesome. Move along. <laughs> yeah, just, just move along. <laughs> Anyways, moving along, looks like we also get a topic of Enade Global 7. Yeah. Um, Mech Warrior series developing from Piranha Games. Nice. Yeah, so that's just up the way from you, isn't it, Brent? Piranha Games is just up the they're just up the way from you, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, up the way being a Vancouver, right? Drive and a trip across an international border. Yeah, they're right next door. <laughs> Practically, it's my the Midwest. That's the Midwest. That's just a hop and a skip jump for us. <laughs> if we're going anywhere, it's four hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are they doing? Um, are they just, is that just uh, just a partnering up, or are they taking over the whole thing? Or looks no, like uh, they're. A, yeah, they said it acquired MechWarrior series developer uh, CAD for a thirty-one point four million deal, expected to close at uh, quarter one of twenty twenty-one. Where are you seeing this? Um, the link that we set up on our show notes for Gimetsu <laughs> under the uh, EG7. I remember seeing an article about it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I didn't know they were yeah. buying the whole thing uh, out. Interesting. That was my interpretation, but I, honestly, I didn't spend a lot of time with it. I play a lot of MechWarrior online, so as long as it's up and running, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and we still get enjoy getting killed by you. Oh well, it happens occasionally. See, I can't, I can't rejoin MechWare <laughs> online because I'm a perfect two and two, and I don't want to screw up my record. 
<laughs> I joined in I with some. Of the, I joined in with some of the Wolfnet guys, <laughs> just to tag along, and turns out I won both games. That's it fun. was it, it. Coach became the anchor for the rest of us to work around. Yeah, I was. <laughs> So he actually played Battletech the way it was supposed to be and not run out in the front in the middle of everything and say, hey, look at me, and then die? Oh, no, no. We wouldn't, we wouldn't let him. Yeah, you wouldn't He let was him. always in the middle of five of us. So, so you had to hold it, him it back? Forced teamwork. Yeah, it, it, was, it forced teamwork. They, they formed a phalanx in front of me and <laughs> just wouldn't let me go faster. <laughs> so that's like how we have to do it. I can't it. get out of here. All right. Concentrated fire. Can't say I didn't shoot anybody in the back, but... <laughs> just just launch missiles over hills, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good time. I know. So then we also had, uh, what, Battle of Tukia, the book, come out? Yeah, we, scenario. Just, we just saw I, a certain someone flash the cover of that beautiful book right there. And it's beautiful. Sexy thing. Yes. Love the new artwork. Loved, um, love the mech variants in it. All the TCs that were in, they were, yeah. they were awesome. They were great, great refrits. It's very yes. fun to see new jump pack mechs on the old chassis that we wish had some. That's a, I that's what I found the most entertaining was, hey, finally got a Loki that jumps or a Mad Dog that jumps. Like, great. And then the map artwork, how it zoomed out, focused in on objectives is a lot of fun because it's going to yes. be so much fun for people to do campaigns, objective-based games. It's it's awesome. And I really loved the individual units with the factions, with paint schemes attached um, that really gave personality to people getting involved in depth with that. I saw a post here this morning, or was it yesterday, that somebody had gone through the Tukiad book and pulled out how many armies and divisions that Comstar had. Oh, right down, down to the down number mechs, of mechs. Right down mechs, to the number tanks, of mechs and tanks. Mechs, tanks, infantry platoons. And what their average rating was, was like a 1.8. So over all of the Comstar units on Tukid, they averaged a 1.8. So just, just under regular uh, uh, skill. Then he went in and went clusters across all the clans and they averaged in like at 3.6 so they were almost elites and the guy had a really really hard time going through saying why did the clans lose they were just everything they did was stupid and i you know you had to take a step back and you think about it a little bit and try and understand the 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 overall the the big picture of what was happening and that mindset of the clan warrior and honor, honorable combat and single combat and how how uh, Comstar kept doing the, the hit and fade stuff that just made them mad, right? So they'd rush off and get, get destroyed by concentrated numbers. But when he started laying everything out, it was just the sheer, vo- sheer number of units that were on Tukid for, for this battle is ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah, it was a neat we, analysis. Oh, uh, we've had uh, a lot of that stuff happens behind the scenes. Or the wolf, I, I one point have a reference to how many drop ships just entered the Terran system, <laughs> and I had to sit and go, "Let's figure it out." 
you know, how many <laughs> ships. Plus, I had to bring spare parts, mechs, tacks, shins. And, and it's like, here, you know, this is, and, and I actually had to put like a sidebar in the text, the editor, to go, here's how I calculated it. If my calculations are off, and get the actual fact checkers to do their job and tell me what the actual calculations are, but no one's ever tried this before. So <laughs> it's a Brent's lot holding of up Shadow Cat. That that had what to be he? kind I'm of Brent's teasing that, us with pages out of the book. Shadow Cat. Shadow Cat. Well, and that had to that had to be fun though in in keeping you focused just on the sheer numbers that were going into Terra to make sure that you kind of stayed focused on your writing and just the, the scope of the thing that you were taking on. Did that, did that help? Did it hinder? Did it, did it cause you to go, Oh shit sometimes? Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely an no oh shit factor. Um, you know, the concept that you're dropping 400 drop ships in a relatively small junior or, However, may I picked, I forget what the actual number was, but it was around 400 at one point. And talking about, okay, I'm going to ground all these in this geographic area. <laughs> I can you imagine what you looked up in the sky and all you see are these fusion engine plumes raining down on you? I like that. It's fun. That's, that so, would be awesome. Yeah. Actually, what's kind of cool with, with the Balfour Terra, I think it, there's a version of it in my mind because uh, we kept very accurate track of casualties and units and things along those lines. It's one of these things you could almost do a separate war game of. Not play it as Battletech, but play it as a kind of a different, you know, like a different scale traditional war game of Kind of like a risk thing. Yeah. Well, not risk. Risk Battle of of Terra. There you go. Cross IPs. I'd buy one. <laughs> I, I, I gotta. I can't lie. I definitely thought of risk when Alaric decided he was going to Australia. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bottle down there. Siam, Siam, shut it, cut him off. Attack. <laughs> I actually threw that line out during a discussion. At one point. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he threw out the risk line, and it was in the original draft of the text, and I think it got edited out because. There, there was a whole discussion sidebar of what would risk still exist in the 32nd century. Ooh. They'd all be playing succession. We wars. have the, we have these esoteric <laughs> discussions as if they're like real thing. You know? and, <laughs> well, that weapon loadout wouldn't exist in the real life. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't carry that weapon into battle. <laughs> oh, it, it gets, it, if you guys actually saw the discussions, you, you would laugh and then cry. <laughs> they're just they're why, hilarious. Why? Because why? People, because you as you as writers take it as seriously as the fans do. We do. <laughs> I, well, we take it seriously. The fact checkers take it seriously. The editors take it seriously, and, and yeah, everybody's got a little opinion that they believe is the appropriate one. So it's you just sit there and kind of go, yeah, this is all very cute, but can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've never really lived BattleTech until you've seen Michael Stackpole, Lauren Coleman, Randall Bills, and Blaine Lepardo arguing over story points while Phil sits in the middle going. I swear I just wanted one little campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a picture of that sometime? 
Oh, was, well, they sent pictures. Yeah. They sent pictures out from the summit. Pictures. That was awesome. It, it'll be like that the was last, awesome, by the way. It'll be that like the great. Last Supper. <laughs> Phil's in the middle. <laughs> oh my hey, god! Hey, next I time, that... next time you guys do that. Next time you guys do that, send us a picture with one guy in the middle of the table throwing back a shot <laughs> while everybody else is arguing across the table. That would be spectacular. My favorite moment, honestly, my favorite moment was a Brent moment because there was a point on like the second day where Brent, in the middle of the discussion, just brought out like dozens of painted mats and started putting them <laughs> on the table. And I was like, I'm sitting across the room going, I'm not sure what's about to happen, but it's about to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just, That's actually, I mean, yeah. it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so speaking, speaking of your list, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go I was ahead. just going to, uh, a funny story. Uh, that was the evolution of something that I did back when, in the early, early days when we were talking about having the mechs redesign and stuff. Uh, so we, you know, Randall Ray and I had worked with Anthony Scroggins and we had a couple of them redesigned and, and had prototypes printed up. And, and Randall or uh, Lauren still wasn't convinced. So uh, I brought like a dozen during our staff. <laughs> and every time he would turn away, I would just put another one on the table. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I would, he'd like answer the phone and I'd just scoot one forward. So they was constantly seeing the things shift around the table. And if you know Lauren, he is so distractible. Um, <laughs> it's like... It's like the dogs from the move from the movie Up when they see a squirrel go by. That every time something shifts, his OCD goes. What, what was that? What something's changed? And then he's just hyper focusing on the maze. And by the end of the meeting, he's like, "I gotta have the maze." Okay, fine. You can go ahead. So ultimately, that was one of the toys we used to get approval to do minis to get the backing in the day. So when I pulled out the big batch of new new minis on the table, like I I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna, something's gonna go down here. I'm gonna distract Lauren. <laughs> Put a bunch of minis out here and it'll distract him. So you're saying but, bringing a laser into a meeting would be a bad idea to stay on task? <laughs> a little laser pointer? <laughs> At you know, group, it's uh, very hard to keep a bad task. <laughs> it is really hard. It is re in fact, we, yeah. we um, Laser pointer is a little mundane, though. On a humorous note, um, a couple years ago, he moved to a different part of the state. And no joke, there was a bird feeder outside of his office window. And uh, midsummer this last this year, um, there a squirrel moved in and decided it was going to go for that bird feeder. But to get to it, it had to make like a three foot leap from a branch to get to it. That squirrel has been back nonstop every day, and so every time we have a meeting with Lauren Coleman, and I'm not joking, every time there's like. Oh, He's watching the squirrel. He's literally distracted. <laughs> squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> and, it, and it's apparently so distracting that he loses. He doesn't even remember what conversation he was at. What, what were we talking about? I mean, just, and, and it happens over and over and over. And it's just becoming the ongoing joke that, like, it literally is a squirrel. Like, literally, a squirrel is his kryptonite now. It, there's a squirrel. So he, he has just moved this last month. And we're thinking of ways to, like, randomly email him pictures of squirrels during the meetings just to try to re reproduce the effect. How is there not a mech that's called the squirrel? The squirrel, yep. So would it be a bad idea at the Gen Con booth to basically purchase 
a, an item oh, that's as, as, as he's at the cash register and then take it, slip it into your bag and squirrel. And he turns around and hey, did you get my box set? Yeah. Here's another one. Squirrel. <laughs> Turn on, and just keep filling your bag. Gen, Gen Con. If, <laughs> if, if Gen Con is happening. Randall that we should actually like get a squirrel like figure and put shiny. <laughs> Because I think a shiny squirrel would just short circuit and reel it over the wall to see it show up randomly and then pull it back and then re- you know so reel it back down. I-, I think it would be so distracting to him. But, we'll just we'll just have to do a Gen Con 2021 like everyone just buy like little miniatures of squirrels and just put them around the booth and just well, see. Awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. If they could all be. It's good to have an aneurysm, guys. <laughs> What was that, Brent? If, they could, if those squirrels could be, actually be painted unit colors, that would oh. be awesome. Oh, yes. Well, All right, I, I so think, I, I will find a 3D redone. print for a squirrel, and we'll make this happen. I, I think the, need, the Capones Brent, need get, that to fit the uh, jackrabbit. Yeah. Get uh, Plog to do the artwork for something called a rabid squirrel. Oh. I'll do the specs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the specs. <laughs> This is a good idea. Just make sure they check the the tonnage at the end. Yeah. Just a twenty twenty ton. Brad always clears my work. Twenty twenty a twenty ton mech with like six ER small lasers (laughs) and enough heat sinks to shoot them all. (laughs) You would need way more than way more than way more than six. But but like three of them are in the rear. Micro pulses or something. Something ridiculous. Micro pulses, but put like ten of them in the rear and ten of them in the front and Could you add like a battle tail? <laughs> oh, this a is whip. gonna keep me out tonight. You know it is. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, totally don't understand Brett at all. So battle tail. Yeah. He is. I can't see him on camera, and if he's not doing it, he's sketching it out right. Oh, <laughs> well, he's not yet, but you can see the you can see the the hamster cage moving. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, pretty soon there's gonna be smoke from his ears. Trust me on this one. <laughs> oh yeah. I just noticed we have show notes for this thing. And moving along, why don't we go ahead and get to uh, Children of Kerensky with Mr. Blake Ricardo. Oh. Would you like to know? What is it's, a story about a, it's a story about a boy <laughs> and a girl it? and their desire to conquer the inner sphere you know? and enslave most of mankind. It's Reagan a love story. Andy. <laughs> that, that should have been the uh, the first line on the dedication page. It's just a story about a boy and a girl. <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> Star-crossed Damn. lovers and all that. Oh no! Now there's no oh, love. <laughs> Ten foil oh, high they, they they love to hate each other though. They love to hate each other. Oh, they do. I I kind of view it this way. Alaric is the first clan leader to mind fuck a fellow con. <laughs> So he is literally just like getting in her head and just playing around in there. And then, and that is a unique aspect of his character. But if you look at his genetic makeup, you've got Vlad Ward, Victor Steiner, Davian and Katrina. That's Katrina's personality. She's in there messing with people's heads and that that's where he gets it from. It's a mommy issue. That was that was actually one of the one of the notes that it, that we had on here was is his use of the clan watch, and it was very different than any other clan about doing the misinformation and uh, 
causing other clan watch organizations to have to spend resources on, you know, dummy things. And that was one of the questions that I had was, is, was that kind of from his upbringing with Catherine? Yeah, um, I, 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 it's that or genetic, you know, we, we could sit and play games all we want about is he a product of his upbringing or his genes and he's a product of both. So, you know, and Alaric's a good student. He learns a great deal. Um, I've heard a couple of people go, yeah, oh, he didn't suffer any great loss in this. And, and I'm like, well, you know, the, we're still early in the story here. <laughs> but, it, you know, so, Alaric's a neat character. He's, a, he's fascinating from a clan perspective because he's not 100% thinking and acting like your traditional clan. Or he's like, hey, you know what? I just want to win. <laughs> Well, and that's that's the that's the really I think the the two sides of the coin with Alaric and Malvina is Alaric acts so unclan like in that honor is defined. You know, Malvina had the the uh, strength is honor, right? Yeah. Well, Alaric's could almost be winning his honor, right? Yeah. He's doing everything he can to assure a win. Where Malvina uses strength to win, and that was one question that I had was between Alaric and Malvina. Mal, was Malvina hard to write? Did she was she was she a difficult character to write because she's I'll use air quotes so one dimensional because in a lot of ways she's not, but putting in well, clan society, I can see how go that way if you look at, at how the progression in children of kerensky you actually see her development so you start with her as a child with her you know falconer who who's basically like hey i'm i'm not going to craft your typical warrior i've got some clay here and i'm going to make something different and you see her during her you know um a name trial where she actually gets her trademark battle mech and there's there's things of this that will always carry through. So and you see her approach, you know, at the POW camp. You know, where did she get this mentality of don't take prisoners? Well, you know, it's at this POW camp. She's she's instructing this warrior on, you know, do you know what you did wrong? What you did wrong was taking prisoners to begin with. <laughs> and you know, Malvina's thinking is so binary. Uh, she's not a fun character. She's not super cuddly. Um, you know, she's not a Paris Hilton type. She is a, the ultimate clan warrior. You know, as long as she keeps achieving victory, Jade Falcons will follow her to hell. Because all she does is hand them victory upon victory upon victory. And anybody that crosses her ends up dead. Yep. It's that simple. She doesn't leave any survivors in a circle of equals. So you know, she's figured out this is what it takes to lead the Jade Falcons. That's creepy and scary and everything associated but she's also, with it. But she also cultivated that, you know, from from day one, really, too, as she rose. She yeah. cultivated that to, to and it, and it spun down because... She's ruling by fear. And Absolutely. You, you go against her, you're dead. 
Um, going back to your comment, though, about she's not a lovey-dovey character, Cynthia, it's just one of those really, really weird things that we haven't really ever had an explanation or gotten somewhat of a clear picture of what role is Cynthia playing because she's so out of character from me. And that's why I said I used the air quotes because she's so single she she's so boxed. Cynthia throws that whole thing out the window, in my opinion. And I'm just curious how you see that in what is what's her role? Is that did Cynthia replace Eric in that it, it's her it's her connection to humanity, if you will? I just it's curious. Oh, Cynthia's a pet to her. She's that's, a slave. She's that's what a toy. I thought. It was just a pet. She, it's an abusive relationship <laughs> beyond all description. Um, you know, and, and we don't spend a lot of time with it because other authors have covered it. You know, you get it in Masters of War and you get it in you know, um, some of the early Dark Ages books where we covered Malvina. They deal with, with Cynthia in, in a lot greater detail. But it, it's a horrible relationship. It's abusive. Um and you'll see some of that, I think, in Hour of the Wolf too, that as it goes on. But it's, I think, it's it's hard. It's like the darkest of your impulses. She she's a person that if, if Cynthia was a dog, she'd be kicking her dog, and you'd see that Jesus. person and go, oh, "She's a terrible person." She she's like that with a human being. She keeps her on a leash in one of the novels. So I mean, it's just. <laughs> she's yeah. bat shit fucking crazy <laughs> you know the interesting thing though is that in a lot of ways it goes um it goes in line with the nuances of people with for lack of a better term personality psychosis issues that they they are flawed they, they do have weird quirks they have weird things that go along with them they make odd decisions about something like why this? How does that work? And it seems totally out of character, and yet inside their head, it actually makes total sense to them. So, one of the things that I loved uh, back in the early part of this process, uh, which is where this story came out of, is that I too felt that um, Malvina had kind of become a, a one-dimensional character. Uh, and Blaine really did a huge amount of, of character exploration behind the scenes before even crafting any stories of making her a three-dimensional character so that he could understand her to write her correctly and fleshing out, you know, is she crazy? No. Or is she a religious zealot? She's a true believer in herself. Right. She has yeah, a different. That, that she has a different single-mindedness that that's different than Alaric. She has that, a single-mindedness uh, within herself, where Alaric is more of what you would consider your traditional leader. Think of it this way: Malvina's not wrong. She's going, look, if you're going to rebuild the Starlight, you need to do away with the houses. You need to do away with everything. And anybody that's going to give you the least bit of resistance, kill them. 
And then you have a solid foundation with which to build a stellar empire. She's not wrong. It's the execution of that is the execution of billions of people. <laughs> That's the yeah. part where it gets a little fuzzy for some folks. Well, but, you know, <laughs> and, but if you think about it from her perspective, that is correct. If, if you're going to take the point being clan society... Both Alaric and Melvina are batshit crazy in the way they're doing things. It's not the way it's supposed to be done, but guess what? Those two batshit crazy people are getting what the cul- you know culminating end yeah. thing that clans always wanted. So they were just doing it wrong. They just needed either... <laughs> basically, they just needed to pitch clan society to an extent... In order to get what, because that's kind of what I was getting out of the whole book was, <laughs> clan society was just tripping over themselves, in their ways and their honor and their this to get the final product. Now to them, they didn't want the final product without their ways doing it, but it just wasn't going to happen. But that that was illustrated in that conversation with the Star Colonel and Garner Kerensky. Yeah. The, that I forget what the I forget what the Star Colonel's name was, but uh, the Star Colonel was sitting in Ilkarts. Okay, thank you. He was sitting ac- across the desk from Garner Kerensky when Garner told them what the plan was, and he said, "I'll challenge you to a circle of equals." And I, Garner Kerensky pulled a gun on him, didn't he? Yep. Uh, there's I a lot of right. guns. No, 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 no. That was said, that wasn't that was um that was chance. A chance. Uh, chance, on, chance on it, yeah. But um, but Garner basically told that Star Colonel, "You'll either get in line or I'll kill you here." Oh, this, yeah. this is this is the only way that Clan Wolf will win. Terra is to follow and do what Alaric is is outlining for us. And I don't, uh, Aaron, I don't agree with you that that Alaric is batshit crazy. Yeah, uh, to me, Alaric is just a reembodiment of Victor Steiner Davian. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, to, when I read when I read Alaric, that's that's what I that's that's how it comes across to, to do me. Some anyway. of the things that he's doing, especially by just <laughs> visiting uh, that Jade Falcon uh, uh, galaxy. Yeah, that was, that going, was brilliant. I mean, flat <laughs> that out was brilliant. Right, but, Victor wouldn't do that. But yeah, Victor wouldn't do that. There, the, Victor had more political sense to do. He's just he is crazy in in normal society ways. You don't just go up to Clan uh, uh, Ghost Bear and be like, uh, I challenge you, or uh, sorry, not Ghost Bear, but it was a Raven or whatever. He took monumental risks, which most people would say, you're crazy. I mean, what if one of those didn't work out, right? What if one of those didn't work out? Right, but 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 he knew, he already knew that he did not have the talent in his pool, and that for him to succeed, the only way to make that happen was to go get it. I get what, you. What a, was the what was the driving that. reason? I mean, what, but according what to caused clan, you? But according <laughs> to clan society, he's crazy. 
Okay. No, that's just a mid-season right. trade. Dude. You're both right in some respect. you got to bear in mind, uh, their Ark is a, has his quirks. I mean, you know, he rebuilt the Hall of the Archons, you know, and that's where he yeah. killed Gathrin. That was a little, yes, that was weird. Okay, <laughs> I inherited that from Stephen Moen's book. So, you know, but I figured if he built the Hall, I'm going to go back to it and have some fun with it. Um, and there's a scene with Chance where she's with him, and she's like, am I going to smear here is this where my death is yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah is this where alaric kills his people you know and there's a ruthless side bear in mind part of his genetic makeup with two genetic fathers part of it is vlad ward <laughs> and yeah. alaric has that ruthlessness now yeah. you gotta bear in mind alaric is playing you know he's a chess master in many respects he's always five moves ahead that's part of his makeup and it's it's also part of his it's it, it's a potential flaw in his character too, and you know he is willing to do things that other clans aren't because he knows he's got to win. If you nobody goes to Terra and loses, you go to Terra and lose, it's over because he's going in with his entire warrior cast. If he loses, there is no clan wall. Right. It will be so weak, anybody, you know, the freaking Goliath Scorpions could show up and knock him off. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a reality of the situation is if you're going to go in, you not only go all in, you stack the deck. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it takes a big, it takes something that the clans never have had before, which is someone to go, maybe I need something beyond myself. Now, Malvina, everything's about her. She's making the plans. She's drawing them up. She's giving the orders. She's deciding what ships get built and all that. Alaric put together a dream team. Mm-hmm. And no, you don't see that. Look at Ulrich Kerensky. He didn't put together a dream team. He had Natasha and he had Felon. He didn't have a dream team. Alaric has built a dream team. Now, whether that'll hold, I can't. I'm will tease. Tell. You're such a fucking tease, Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> I am, okay. So, so I got uh, on the question then too that kept coming up was his relationship with Chance. I mean, yeah. it started. I mean, they were Sibco mates, and it has, and then the con the comment that Anastasia made to him. When they first went, or not to him, to Chance, when they first met on the on that dropship tunnel, when she first landed, about that she has no idea how he feels about her. Yeah. Will we get to Will we get to see that? Will Will that get explored? Uh, not a little bit. Yes, a little bit. You're going to get to see more. Chance plays an incredibly instrumental. No, and... no zero G love scenes. I don't think I have any love scenes in this book. <laughs> well, if you ever really? do, it's got to be okay with that. Okay with that. Well, we, we actually, John and I actually had an argument. an argument. We had a disagreement because part of that scene that you're referring to, there was a line in there about you know Alaric. You know, he thinks more of her than just who she is, and there's also the scene where she's wrestling. Chance is wrestling. I'm Becker, and I had a whole line of dialogue like, you know, there's a lot of rumors that you and Alaric are much more than, you know, 
just friends, <laughs> you know, which in Clancy's society is radical. And and John John goes John and I had a discussion about it. he goes I like the concept, but if we go down there, we're going too far. Let's not let's not weird out his character any more than what we've already done. So we've kind of pulled that back. So to your point. I think there is kind of a quad, you know, there's a quasi element of that within there, but they're clansmen, you know, in the end. So, you know, okay. have they coupled? I don't, I, maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't want to, I don't want to do a why. love scene. Man. <laughs> well, and that, but that's, but that's where some of the questions came in was, I mean, Anastasia's comment to her was rather profound. Because up until that point, I had not the through the through the dialogue between the two, you knew that there was something special between them, but it never came it never felt like they were normal sibmates like others in, in clan society. What so, you gotta bear in mind too is Anastasia, if you look at all the times her character <gasps> pops up, which is a lot with arcade and stuff, she always punches that's oh, yeah. her thing. She's, she always she's tests everybody. She's always yeah. testing. And right. She's always doing it. And to a certain degree, that's I think where that kind of comes from too. Is her first encounter with chances right off the bat. I'm going to do what I can to torque you up and see how you react to it. And chances like, look, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you screw with if you, <laughs> if you screw with me, I'm going to kill you. Uh, I will strap explosives to me and hug you. I mean, it's that that's the visual she gives her is like, I will strap explosives to me and pop. Uh, totally random point here, but uh, Blaine yeah. and Brent. Brent, to maybe get your female, uh, you know, Battletech players up, I propose Blaine write another trilogy called The Fifty Shades of Grey Death Legion. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I, I gotta tell you, that was a lot of buildup. When, when you said if you want to get your female players up, I'm like, dude, I do not know where this sentence is going. Oddly <laughs> enough, I kind of had a sense where this was going. <laughs> I'll do it, but Brett has to assign me an artist to do the character drawings, and we will see the dominatrix. Yeah. By the way, those combats concerns can come to WNRP at Wolf. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've already got the, uh, the the April Fool's project lined up for this next year, so oh. we'll just put a pin in that for now. Damn, that would be a good one. That would be a good one. Yeah. Um, just to, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Just getting back to the uh, Alaric Malvina uh, comparison. Um, is I, I get a sense that it's a competition of the two Kerenskys. Um, where Alaric is Alexander, very methodical, thoughtful, throw everything he's got at the problem when he knows he's right, so to speak. And, and, uh, Melvina's more Nicholas of if it's wrong, I burn it down. And then I, and then I create my own history for it. That's an interesting thing I never thought of that. It was interesting because Malvina, we, we uh, some of the earlier drafts, and uh, you'll see some of this in our because it's still there. She's talking about destroying statues, and just you know that uh, there, there's a lot of destruction that holds. And Malvina is very much like, "Hey, I'll just burn 
place to the ground. I don't care. And because um, you know, in the end, I'm going to craft something that, that's going to survive. And, uh, you know, the clans are very much might makes right. They're Klingons of battle tech. You know, they come in and they fight and you know, that's how they do it. it it's it's going to be an interesting combination uh, and then throw in the mix of Devil and Stone. <laughs> oh, that's a we'll that's see. A, yeah. That's a weird threesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the you know, greatest warriors. Yeah, Blaine and I have been on the you know behind the curtain for so long, listening to what is now probably three dozen different incarnations of the ideas of, uh, you know, who is Devlin Stone? How should it play out? How will all these things come together? And really. Uh, I can say that without a doubt, at every step of the way from, you know, Dark Age forward, everybody always on the creative team always imagined things coming to a head and smashing and, and whatnot. You know, conflict was going to happen. But nobody from the very beginning ever really had figured out how or or what it was going to look like when that happened, including Jordan, who very intentionally said, don't try to figure it out. Don't 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 preplan this. Just. No, this is the direction I want you to go. Go run off in the in the minefield. And don't worry about figuring it out. Um, and and I mean that literally. Even though all the authors are like, no, really, we gotta map. No, don't map that out. No, we gotta figure. No, no, don't do that. And, you know, it's, it's just been one of those things ongoing as we go trying to unravel all of the incarnations of, you know, what is now what? Honestly, fifteen years since it's been uh, a while since Ghost uh, Ghost War. Yeah, fifteen years worth of the ideas of where this was going and how it's going to play out. It's As, been really uh, interesting seeing everybody work through that every step along the way, and how many times there, the story has changed. Was there value in that creative process, or huge, was, there, was there value in doing that, or did it end up becoming more of a minefield, like like you using a term that you used earlier? No, in order, in order planning to planning it. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm in, sorry. In order to is there is there value into saying go? Don't worry about figuring it out yet. Just go ahead and give me a story. There's all there's certainly value in that as a creative process, but then actively stopping people from thinking it through, that's where you end up with problems. Just in any creative endeavor. Um, but with that said, uh, I mean it, it worked for what Jordan needed it to do at the time. You know things play out, and then you're just left with the pieces and building from there. Um, but, uh, I, I will say the, the, along the way, the continuous reevaluation of what is the status, what should we do with it? How, how should I play out? Yeah. It, it's had immense, uh, immense value. Um, I, I will never forget sitting down to one where the person on the other side of the table with a straight face said, uh, we should just wrap up all the storylines. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, the that's a big no. I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? That's not battle tech. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there. Oh my god. That only that, but there's the other people. side of the feds. There's the guy that goes, "Let's not answer any questions." And I'm like, "No, we're going to have to explain who one stone is. We're going to have to explain. Yeah, we have to explain what happened HPG that." You have to explain, even at a very gross level, we have to explain it. Yeah, just pretend these things didn't happen. 
And <laughs> so you know, it was a matter of how we do that. Pardon? You can't hand wave him that and pretend people aren't going to look at it. No, they're, they're absolutely going to look at it. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say that with, because, you know, you think about all the huge events, right? Uh, the clan invasion, uh, Force Secession War, the Star League, uh, Jihad. I don't think you ever had an entire clan just literally throw itself 100% at something. I mean, that's never been done before. That is, that is, and, and I don't know if a lot of people quite grasp at how huge that is. That's huge. <laughs> I mean, oh, well, yeah. you're all you're not, talking not only all is, in. Not only is not only is that huge, but I mean, it's just after their move too. Right. I mean, they just moved from their invasion corridor to the Wolf Empire, and now right. they're well, turning they're around and and going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've that's that's a massive undertaking. It is. Um, it was not one yeah. on my uh, tinfoil hat predictions. Uh, that was not <laughs> one that I thought of. Well, we, we had this discussion in 17 at Gen Very Phil. I'm sorry. You cut out there. You great uh, we, were a, there. <laughs> we were in a filthy hotel room at the Marriott in 2017 Gen Con on this and you know, we, you know, it was like our first discussion about, it, and it's like, okay, we're going to draw this to a close. What do you guys think? You know, let's just brainstorm through it. And I threw it out at that point. I'm like, um, forces that go in, go in all in. Because <laughs> we will have learned the lesson of Tuki. Tuki yep. Ed was, was a very painful lesson for the fans. They would have studied that. In and out, and said, "Are we going to play a series of trials and, you know, do all this bidding and crap?" And it's like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go all in." And 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 there were some decisions made early on too about what units are going to be there, and, and and so you know, right off the bat, we were like, "Wolves dragoons has to be there. We have to figure out a way to get them there." And we threw out some ideas for that, which eventually became "Divide We Fall." through a long series of iterations, but got there. So there was a lot of decisions that were made early on where it was like, look, if we're going to do this, let's do something. I, I'm. It's my hope that by the time people are through Hour of the Wolf, they're going to be like, hey, Tookie Ed with like a hot tub party. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is a, and what's really cool is it's on Earth so you can actually Google map up the the freaking locations of the terrain. battles and actually look at the no. terrain because that's what I did when I described them. <laughs> we've we've already warned a couple of the Australian Wolfnet Regiment guys that uh, your your continent's going to get hot. <laughs> oh yeah, crikey! They fought past my house. <laughs> I, I hope the Australians have a great deal of fun with that, honestly, because. Australia becomes a very key pivotal moment with the battles that happen there, and I hope they just really enjoy the way it goes. Um, it was interesting back in that that meeting where we locked we I locked everybody in the room and said you're not getting out until you figure out this how this works out. And, uh, it's we don't talk a lot about it now, but um, Jason Smetzer, um, the the amount of of direction and oversight that Jason brought to that discussion and every discussion since um, it. We, there's just no way to state how important it was. I think when Blaine had talked, had, had made that statement, um, Jason was like, you know, that's the thing about the clans is that 
they'd have to be idiots to go to Terra. Any clan. He's like, you, you can't, you, you just can't go to Terra because whatever you leave behind is going to get chewed up by everybody. You, you know, it really, whoever goes to Terra, you may as well just burn your ship on the way. Just go, just commit. He's like, cause there's no other way. The clans can't be so stupid as to do a repeat of 2K. They saw without a doubt in every way, shape or form why this will guarantee you will fail and fall. Uh, and you know, Jason Spencer is a lot of things. Subtle is not one of them. He, he does not do understatement. And when it comes to storylines, man, I mean, he is more brutal than Blaine and I combined by a long way. Uh, and it's just awesome to listen to his take on certain things because he's he's like the ultimate lore matter, master for Battletech. He just knows everything to a depth that's ridiculous. Uh, and, and the amount of, of nuance that he brought to the discussion of what are you going to kill? Who are we going to kill? How are we going to do it? What's the grinder? How, that wouldn't really work. There was a big question about um, uh, what became divided. We fall of he's like in you know like in history, armies do not actually just take off their coats, turn them inside out, put them back on, and walk away. That he's like you really think about what's going on there and the history of military warfare and how that all works out. The idea of a turncoat, you know, like, like how, getting the wolf dragoons to walk away from House Karita. After all that has been done in lore about how the Wolf Dragoons behave themselves. I mean, like, House Merrick did what they did, and the Wolf Dragoons didn't break contract. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, like, what is it going to take? And, and we went back and forth on this, Blaine, what was it, a year and a half? Easy? Yeah. Trying to come up with the answer. So, yeah. It's, hi, Jason. Yeah, thanks, man. Still not particularly happy about the outcome, but you know what? We'll see where the chips fall. <laughs> well, you know, basis for doing a lot of this stuff, and we talked about this at the Rare Summit, is you have to walk away from whatever the events are in Hour of the Wolf with the foundation for some fantastic stories. And yeah. I will tell you, Goon story, God and I have had a meeting already about and you know that's the follow-on stories that are going to come out of that are going to be some of the most epic stuff i think uh well, ever right because we've we've laid this foundation there's so many things that you see in divided we fall that have to be dealt with and yeah a settle somebody's got to thing Oh yeah, I I agree. It's I mean you're setting the table for probably just another decade of stories just for the Wolf's Dragoons. But I mean Wolf Clan, Jade Falcon, Republic of the Sphere. I mean even the Draconis Combine, all the other. I mean this is all a, a giant domino that's going to fall, and it's going to well, affect I mean, everybody. It's going to knock off all the dominoes in every direction. Yeah. Well, I mean you. I you mean look really at... think about it like. The difficulty of divided we fall of people you know, like that don't like the idea that they broke from House Korea. Okay, imagine yourself in two years from now, and someone has conquered Terra. Yeah, are the Wolf Dragoons better off for the stories for the next decade if they were there, or if they sat it out? Oh, hundred percent. Which one makes for better stories? And you know, we don't have to like how it happened, <laughs> right? I mean. Hey. I'm not gonna like it, but it it's like a necessary evil kind of a thing. Yeah. So no, but this... I, I in a way though, I I like the fact that it shows that they, I mean, they're professional, but 
they're like they're a family like everybody else. They have their own internal struggles and they have their own problems. And this is the family solving a problem with not a good outcome. But yeah, and to Blaine's point, it's gonna get solved later, and it could yeah. be ugly. And most likely will be most families problems be. that are this <laughs> ugly are <It> better be <laughs> a lot are what, not are not pretty. A lot of what John um, and I talked about, I said this could this could break the spine of I mean the end. This could break by pretty ugly lie. It, and John is like or makes them more united like the next set of things than they've ever been before. That they could yeah, you know, he's like the real story here is what what happens after, and and to to get there, they're going to have to go through a crucible to be forged into this, and it, it's it's brutal. <laughs> this this is this is the this is the crucible. This will be the crucible that'll get them past losing outreach. Um, they, they've never been they've never been the same since since jihad and outreach for the last seventy years. They have not been the same unit and this could be the vehicle to get them back to that premier mercenary group again. Yeah. And well, and so I, I talked to, I was talking with Phil Lee on Friday, we were chatting on some stuff on the old clan source book that will tie in with all of this. And I said, we need to make some changes to the Dragoons logo as a result of what happens on Terra. And he's like, fuck you. No, no, no. He, he had no. no. He had the same. He had the, uh, he had the same response I did. He goes, "I bet you're thinking the same thing I am." And I said, "Yeah." The second, God damn it! Yeah, you know, the what? This Hold is, on, oh, don't. Yeah, he he mentioned your hole. He touched he's his eye. He touched his eye. He did it. He he's not finished. He made a teardrop motion. <laughs> yeah, I said the second tear. I don't want to hear about tier. it. There's a second tear. This is supposed to be a happy podcast. I gotta go get this updated. Tear right there. My my for misery. I like it. Tear is for misery. I like it. Sounds good. My my Wolfnet (laughs) fan base uh, indicator just went off that we've been talking about Wolf's Dragoons too long. So okay, (laughs) that's every episode. It it happens. So going back, there's two more things that I wanted to touch on for children. Well, there's a couple more for children to Kerensky. One was. Um, Alaric's continual um, reference to history. It seemed that he had done a lot of reading about the liberation of Terra during um, the Upsur when General Kransky went and retook Terra, that a lot of his motivation or or how he was going to persecute taking of Terra is based on that what General Kerensky did the first time around. Did you just say uh, up, sir? Sir, yeah, arm, arm missed. Usurp. 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 I'm a Midwesterner. I'm ill. I'm, I'm ill-educated. The S isn't silent. <laughs> the the you you're referring to the man from you know what is it uh the the restaurant chain. Space uh, Golden Corral, right? <laughs> yes, I don't know. <laughs> Stefan Ameris looks like he works at Golden Corral. Yes, <laughs> yeah. 
It was a text thing, so <laughs> that, or Genghis, uh, that or Genghis Grill, one or the other. Oh, text. <laughs> hey, I, you, you know, Battle BattleTech fan restaurant. There you go, right there, done. Text text threw that out in one of the videos that I always thought was like showing pictures of a mirror standing space golden. And uh, it was brilliant. Yeah, you know, if you think about it, there, there's a great line that, that gets used often in history that says, you know, amateurs talk about strategy and tactics and professionals talk about logistics. And the invasion of Terra is all about logistics. And that's the role Chance has played. Chance has put together a non-traditional clan approach. If you think about when the clans show up, clan shows up at a planet. Hi, I'm here. Do you dare refuse my batch all, you know? And it, they go, okay, well, what are the strategic targets? Well, we're going to take planetary capital, the mech factory, and destroy their academy. And they bid on those, pro those three objectives. They go down, they hammer the crap out of those things, and hopefully they, in achieving victory, they force these things into submission. Alaric has realized that you can't just go to Terra and do that. That first of all, you know, Devlin Stone is a genius. He is the genius of the previous era, but he is a genius in terms of military combat. According to him, he's he's a genius. And Skim, he'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> he'll tell you. And, and when all is said and done, you know, he's going to wage a war, and, and he's laid that out very much, as you saw in the book that we did. Um, you know, he lays out a defense strategy of, hey, I'm going to drag this out just like took yet. I'm going to bleed them over time. I'm going to stretch them because the clans don't know how to fight. They don't know how to fight a prolonged campaign. That's going to be the way he wants to play. Alaric's going... I studied Tukiyad too, and I know you're going to do that. So I'm going to bring everything with me. <laughs> and I loved his approach with the Salama. Just, you know, yeah. we had a huge discussion about this because the fact checkers, some of the things I did, and they were wrong. And John backed me up. I said, look, yeah. Solhama, we always treat them as, oh, well, they're over 40, so now we put them in a suicide squad somewhere and get a Blast chance. Me. Yeah, they get to go up and die, and that's it. And I'm like, these guys have survived in a martial society where everybody gets killed. <laughs> yeah, they're rough. And they have lasted <laughs> 40 years in that society. And yes, they have not risen to a high but they lived. The fact that they've even survived in that martial society, those are the guys you want in battle. They're, they're freaking cunning on every level. Or lucky. And, and I said, or <laughs> there's a point, even after 40 years, you can't have 40 years of good luck. True. You know, and they probably screwed up with their trial of position at some point. They've had bad luck. But they've somehow survived. Want those war and wasting them in suicide runs and crap? That's stupid. <laughs> and Alaric's willing to just make that that jump and go. Eh, you know what? I need replacement mech warriors. Why wouldn't I use guys right. who already know how to pilot mechs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the sheer logistics is one of the things that we really talk a lot of. Uh, uh, 
about what it, about showing the two sides between the Falcons approach and the Wolf approach in in going to to Cade. And a big part of that is what what aspects did uh, like what assets did Clan Wolf acquire in forming the the um, uh, the Wolf Empire? And that's why one of the reasons the mechs that show up in that company that uh, that is gifted to the Wolf Dragoons is made up mostly out of units that are actually produced out of the Wolf Empire that they acquired. And they're like, all right, let's just client tech some of this stuff, slap it together, and boom, now we've got new clan versions of these. Uh, and and uh, Alaric would be absolutely cobbling everything possible together. One of the interesting things on the creative side, like the fact checkers and stuff, they're like, they seem to have this idea that if it exists in one place in the universe, then it, it's available to everybody. <laughs> and Blaine and I are like, no, just because the Hellstar exists doesn't mean Alaric has this endless fields of Hellstars to go harvest. That's not the way that works. you got to figure out what assets you've got and do you do the best you can with them. And that was actually one of the reasons why that the, uh, the Fidelis became such a powerful unit within Dark Ages. It wasn't the tech. They just grabbed whatever tech they had available that they could beg, borrow, steal, or, or, or cobble. And, and, and that was it. It wasn't about the tech. It was what they did with it. Uh, and Alark's the same way. It's like, all right, let's get everything we possibly can. And then there, re- there's a reason why there's new tech that shows up, new, you know, new designs like um, the Dominator that, that shows up uh, and, and why it's built the way it is, why the other mechs that show up are built the way that they are. And a lot of it has to do with logistics and just the realities of here's the resources you've got. You've got to go take Terra. What do you can do? Uh, and Blaine and I actually had a field day going back and forth on TOED <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff and what resources are where. And Brent has designed some stuff that I really hope goes through. <sighs> Me too. It's still <laughs> up in the air. It's not finished yet. We'll see. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about, Brent? I make it. Can you see me on the camera? Yes. Yes, I yeah. do. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, man. That that's got to be in there because I actually wrote it in the text. So he's Blaine is giving <laughs> Blaine is giving us the dunce hat symbol, symbol on his head. Oh, yeah. oh you well, see, you know, Conehead, the decoy the mech. We, you guys saw the maps that, that uh, you know Cattles put out for 2K, mm-hmm. and everybody mm-hmm. agrees. I assume we're all in agreement that those are friggin' beautiful and amazing and far better than any maps we've ever seen before. Gorgeous. Almost yes. every single one of those, we had to create new rules for. We added things to the universe that either existed there that were never shown or that we had to add in. Oh when boy. it came to the tech for Alaric invading uh, Terra, in, in a way, he's planning for two wars simultaneously. Yeah. The war with the Republic of the Sphere and then the war with the Falcons. To keep, to keep Terra, yeah. Right. And a big part of that is that he, he helps to orchestrate that the Falcons will be there because... At least that way he can plan. Because if it's planned for it, it could be anybody, then it, there's an infinite number of plans and he doesn't have the resources for that. So he actually comes down to how do we defeat these guys? Uh, and he's it, like the. Uh, um, I'm sorry, Blaine, the main character from uh, Divided We Fall. Uh, Murata Kerensky. Thank you. Murata. Um, there you go. Yeah, so. The, the paradigm that he had of like, of his trial of position of, I need to win. What will get me the win? It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to work. And, and that is exactly the, the approach. That's why um, uh, Alaric liked instantly watching. was like, this is the guy that I need to have 
that I need to tap and you know, make a rise star and, and really start paying attention to because he basically thought the way that Alaric was thinking yep. for what they were planning as they were building out all the stuff that it was going to take to lead the. the I need someone to that. think differently than just strictly yeah. clan mythology. Uh, 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 Mental yeah, and he did it with all tech and stuff. There was nothing super cool or fancy about any of that. Nope. All that tech had been around for hundreds of years. This nothing was new. It was just how he used it and why he thought that would work. And he was Brent, right. Brent called this meeting that was so cool. It was like, Blade, I need you for two hours. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And he's like, let's talk about the design philosophies for the Jade Falcons, Max, and Wolf Max. We talked about wolves are going to be built primarily around speed. If you look at their mix of max, tend to be very, very, very fast moving, hard hitting. If you look at the Jade Falcons, talking jump jets, death from above. You know, you can treat claws, the Jade Hawk, claws. You know, they've gone into physical combat. So he's like, okay, so the mechs we design that Alaric will bring to deal with the Jade Falcons have to be counter to that design philosophy. And there were some things we came up with that were, well, I got to say, Brent came up with some stuff that was, wow. It just was like, and you sit there and go, why in the hell didn't we design this a hundred years ago? <laughs> yeah. How does this not come up sooner? Yeah, like, like, gee, I feel so stupid. <laughs> but yeah. it was, you know, it's fundamental things, but those rules have to be kind of shaken out and things along those lines. Cause the next thing you know, it could be like, so there, you know, you got to have the right balance to it, but we, we spent a lot of time, a lot of time. And we talked about the Republic, same way it's their design philosophy and things and how do we bake that in so it's it's absolutely cool stuff so mechs all have a purpose see the new tech that comes out uh and you know that blaine and i have talked about this with you guys you, you'll realize as you're looking at the new units you'll be like that one was designed to fight the republic that one was designed to fight the falcons oh. there is no one trick pony that fights everybody <laughs> <laughs> keep doing uh, the pin. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I can't so resist. I got. I got. I have. I have three things. Three. Three little topics left for for children. Right. Paul Moon, and <laughs> and his. I I can't. I can't not. We can't not talk about Paul Moon. You got four topics. He, four topics. <laughs> oh, four topics. Um, you're for two hours into this already. Right? Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing caution to the wind. Why Doesn't am I going to make the same now. mistake of stopping like last? <laughs> time. This is this is not happening the same <laughs> so, way as the last time I did. So Blaine, Blaine, is that just oh, a yeah. little tease that Alaric is like, oh, let's figure out what the Clan Wolverines were up to the last 250 years? Would I do something like would that? Would you do something like that? Would no. You, would you do not. You. First of all, that sounds like a real dick move. So, yes. You that are is just titty twisting <laughs> Clan Wolverine fans. That's all you're doing with that little line. That's all you did. Little titty twister right there. Gotcha. 
These guys batteries, are freaking fanatics. Yeah, Every time somebody posts about the old clan, <laughs> there's 14 guys ago. It's going to be Clan Wolverine coming in because he wrote Betrayal of Ideas. And I'm like, I wrote that 10 years ago. It's not up to oh. date. You know? Oh, shit. I thought They're I was like, going to have to take a new print screen to Brent. <laughs> it was going to be upside down. <laughs> Kids, I just decided to turn the whole camera upside down. I know. <laughs> Move that piece. Sorry, Blaine. Please. Sorry, Blaine. It's okay. I'm not getting Brent's picture. Bad radio. Bad radio. Really? I'm broadcasting. Can you guys see me? Yeah, we can see you. We can. He can yeah. see you. I can't. So it's okay, but I see you enough. We're... Well, yeah. Blaine, I, I didn't suddenly get better looking, so it's all good. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, affected my hairline. Look at this. <laughs> not as I much mean, as you has to him. Yeah. I was going to say, you've affected his hairline, too. <laughs> You guys should stop working together. uh, The Wolverine stuff was in there, and it's because you've never had the Klansmen at any time during the Dark Ages or anything else. Anybody just go, we got to figure out where the hell these Wolverines. We we need information on the Wolverines. That would be something Alaric would do. He doesn't think like a normal Klansman. So having a report run on the Wolverines, totally legit. Uh, do they play a role in this? I doubt that. But, you know, I am a dick, so. <laughs> I, I will admit, though, there was one thing, because, you know, like the authors, they love when they're pitching ideas back and forth. Like, you know, you want to always have the answer be something that nobody would ever expect. And I, I'm <laughs> not joking. Someone actually really did pitch that it's the Wolverines that show up out of nowhere and they actually take Terra and become the ill clan. And we're like, okay, that was cute. Shut up. Go sit in a corner. Keep it, talking it's now. <laughs> somebody, somebody put it forward. We've decided to yeah. nix it. We can move on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll um, answer that by saying, point. if they show up, it'll be a surprise. Fair. All right. Back to Paul Moon. And what... So, was Paul Moon seeing Alaric Ward as, as the guy that's going to take Terra? And having being the most reasonable to be able to bring the smoke jaguars back into existence. Is that one of the big reasons why they turned themselves over? No, Paul Moon was just trying to increase his social media presence, and that was just that's it's fair. Just, I mean, like, that, it could be a thing. Yeah, and, and they've been banning Paul Moon on Twitter and on Facebook. It's sure really rough on the guy. I, yeah, honestly, though, Paul is uh, realistic, and he realizes that a major moment in history is about to occur. And Paul Moon is going, this is the time. That, you know, if you're going to do it, you do it during a major moment in history. And, you know, do you throw your weight behind a crazy bitch or do you throw your weight behind somebody who seems to have enough of the clan thinking and, and approach, et cetera, to, to pull this off? So he's made, he's made half of the Fidelis a bondsman of Clan Wolf, personally to, clan, to Alaric. So if Alaric's dead, <laughs> the Jaguars are screwed again. But um, no. so he's he literally is has gone down that path, and I think it it's a very logical course for where his character is going. And if you look in Surrender Your Dreams, nobody's going to give me credit for this. The, the epilogue of Surrender Your Dreams actually takes place, you know, 
after the events of the episode, you get to see kind of that Swantong piece with Paul Moon afterward. So there's snippets there. He's like, what, 103 years old or something like that? Uh, 130. 130. 130. 31, I think. It's going to be... Hella, hella drugs for him to still pilot that freaking. Oh, pilot. and a massive amount of. We talked about it. he pumped full of drugs to do it. Oh, he, no. he has to pump yep. full of drugs to stand up at this point. He's also, but but a lot of his limbs have been rebutted over the years, and I'm sure some of his internal organs have too. So, yeah. you know, he's pushing the limits of clan technology. Paul Moon outlived everyone in fucking Steiner Davian. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure uh, there wasn't a little <laughs> drug overdose that uh, maybe uh, influenced his decision? To... <laughs> oh, I think it's a perfectly it's it's re- really well within his character down this path. Because <laughs> his other option was I to found, fight them. I found and it interesting that he wanted to stay with the, the Fidelis, though. That he that was that was his that was a decision that he made, and I thought that was very very fitting for him. It was a. a, a nice way for him to move forward as, 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 as you built that character in, um, not divided. We fall um, forever faithful. Thank you. Forever Wait. faithful. Did he well, stay again? With the if, if you, if you yes. read the, 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 uh, epilogue of, or the last chapter, which is hard to find in during your drink because of the way it's formatted, he is with the Fidelis then. That takes place later, so the, it's consistent with the universe for the stay there. But and they've started their Iron Womb program. But didn't Ego he? Team. Didn't he become a bondsman of Alaric <laughs> Wolf? Yeah, well, no, uh, the Jaguars became bondsmen. So. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. All right. So, so the one of the one of the last few topics here. This is one of Aaron's favorites. Is what the fuck's the deal with the ghost knight, man? What oh. what was that about? Blaine who's, has, Blaine and the, I have been gone. Who's, who's orders? Who's orders? Who did he betray? Come on, spill the beats. That was wild. The ghost knight. I What's going on? Cannot. Uh, I, I have to disavow any. He, he won't do it, guys. I I can't tell oh, you what. Even uh, even fucking privately, he won't do it. I, yeah, usually I will spill the beads, but I'm not going to spill the beads on this one. And not only that, wait till you find out who the ghost knight is, which ever come right out and say, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of clues. That character will return later. It is it's a great character. We rewrote, we wrote that scene twice because I gave away too much. In the first one, and John's like, "No, let's let's not give them enough to go on." And all right, it, little fifty questions time. Bottom more line packages, is more packages to deliver. Come on, you got to give us something. Something. Up. Loose lips sink ships. I'll give you yeah. this. Uh, Blaine oh, and I had shut a up, Blaine. You're always down for you. Shut up, Blaine. Brent's talking. <laughs> Blaine, shut up, Blaine. Brent's gonna let, Brent's gonna spill the bees. Let I'll him go. Fucking mute you. <laughs> there's, there's all the house lords and there's all the clans. Oh no. Go ahead, Brent. Blaine. Go ahead, Brent. Go on. Uh, actually, Blaine and I had a lot of discussions about Ghost Knights. Um, right, right from the very beginning, and I also had the discussions with John. 
Uh, most people, I think you guys know that John and I were actually the ones kind of orchestrating all of the storylines. And one of the first things we did is we spent like three months analyzing all the loose story threads that got dropped or mishandled over the course of the Dark Age novel series. Good lord. Uh, and, yeah, That's and an undertaking. Uh, <laughs> mishandled. Like, what'd you do? <laughs> oh, there were several that were just like, no, you can't, you don't do that. It's just disrespectful to the fans. It's, you know, some of those were just disrespectful to the IP. Like, you just can't, you can't do that stuff. That doesn't work right. Um, so, anything that was mishandled, we're like, we have to find a way to resolve that later. And, and, and when it came to uh, the natural progression of the stories, storylines that happened within the battles for Tukeyat, we realized if there's ever a great time for those things to surface, this is where they should surface. Even if we don't get resolution, but at least we see and we get some hints and we get something to know what happened next uh, with that. So the, the idea that the Ghost Knights have been active this whole time, the Ghost Knights have been out there. They were actually one of the very coolest factors of all of the, the Republic of the Sphere forces from uh, from t the entire Dark Age storyline. And yet they ended up becoming kind of a footnote and then just kind of ignored for the longest time. And uh, it, it was just one of those items where, you know, Blaine and I at the very beginning when we started talking about inserting Ghost Knights in and how would we do it. Uh, and we never once wanted the Ghost Knights to take over the story. We, we, you know, the story of the battle for Terra is not about the Ghost Knight, but not showing them is stupid and doesn't handle anything right. They would be there, but they would be Ghost Knight. So, they're, they're so just know that they're doing what <laughs> yeah. they're supposed to do. Right, they're going to be the greater good. The greater so, good. So, fifty questions yeah, time. Have we read about this character that is the Ghost Knight before? Yes. Yes. Fuck. I won't tell you what book it's in. <laughs> there, there, there you go, Aaron. It's, oh, you were it's right. like I'm rereading the entire Dark Ages series. <laughs> yeah, it's not really going to help you. Oh, oh question number two. I, you know, it's, it, uh, sometimes it's the most obscure. He answered it. All right, so they're not in the Dark Ages series, and we no, it's in the Dark Ages. Yet. It's in the Dark Ages book. But I, yeah. if you could find out who that it is, uh, I I will be absolutely. We have a very large listenership, and we are all internet sleuths right now. So I think the combined effort. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I I think I know who it is. This is the same group of people uh, that think Clam Wolverine's showing up. Oh and, yeah, well they're, they're a very <laughs> small <laughs> subsection of, of the Wolfnet <laughs> Radio <laughs> Podcast. I think I know. I think I know. I think I know who she is. Okay. If you're gonna go rereading the Dark Age series just to try to get some insights on the on, on the Ghost Knights, I'll help you. I can promise this character did not appear in Blood Avatar. There you go. <laughs> the one. <laughs> no, no one. The one. <laughs> I can promise really that when one. she did appear, she wasn't a ghost knight. Damn! So it could be any female. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. All right. I know it. Wolfnet. Yeah, but now but We now know it's, that now it is a person we've read. We know it's, it's a female. A female. And then it's not in and, Blood Avatar. <laughs> and 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 she was burned on her face. Yeah, that but that's burned on her face. Right, All right, so not, let's, 
Yeah, but she's a ghost hunter. She can take any. If if she's a battle tech character, there's there's only a couple that come through without scars whatsoever. Yeah. You know, you either get a That's scar right. or you get a mullet. That's what you They're get. They're called desk jockeys. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, hey, that's all we need. That's all we need. At least we all can right. get the the tinfoil hats back on and and hey. At oh least, my god. At least Dark Ages uh, EPUB uh, ratings will go up maybe a little bit. <laughs> all right. So, so you guys last gather together the list of ideas of who people think that will be and 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 send it to me in a report. If anybody actually does get it right. And we acknowledge that in like the next eighteen months, because I assume the book will actually come out. I hope. I know when it's coming out, and I know you know when. <laughs> what's the prize? I'll find something cool. You guys right. know I always find something cool. You you can see his shelf behind him. He's got <laughs> he's got every cool thing ever. He's got all and the coolness. Right there. So it could be anything. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Brent now Evans thrown it, it down. Now we have an early trivia. We we get a we <laughs> we got to get a well, report together. About... And I will right. also recommend uh, Blaine confirm this statement of fact, or, or correct or not. Um, female character that was seen in the Dark Age novels, and to our knowledge, she was never replaced by a body double. I didn't know anything about body. <laughs> well, I don't want people thinking that, oh, it could have been a compelling plan. Anybody could be American body double at this point. You know, who, oh, no, who, no, who, we're not doing that. No, no, no. Double. I did not. I did not go down that path. That's way too weird. Yeah. Now I've got two options who I think it is. <laughs> you just increased. <laughs> the body that's fine. That's, fine. that's, fine. that's just it. more research. For the me body double increased the list. <laughs> you didn't make me the intel officer for nothing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's because he has he now has his original guess and their body double. I'm <laughs> <laughs> lost. Okay. It's twelve thirty in the night or twelve thirty in the morning here, so all right. Um <laughs> let's wrap it up then. Uh, but no, hit me with any other questions. I'll have I'll no, no, no. We, we, we've got McKenna's pride to talk about yet, Blaine. I like that. I finally First of all, I... <laughs> Save the best for last. That was no, that was really good. So what's your question? Uh it... There was, I mean, just the the whole thing of how how Alaric got Vlad's message when he went to Terra for for Victor's funeral, Oof. and then you know the sending off of Garner, and yep. you know the, the the line that he had right at the end of the book of being on the bridge of McKenna's pride, and this is get goosebumps just talking about it this is the last time that it was you know it's going to Terra again the last it's just really really cool how you interwoven and, and got all of that together um you know McKenna's pride is a lot like the Millennium Falcon or the Enterprise um yeah. for Battletech it, it is the iconic ship so uh and I know that you like ships and that kind of stuff so it was kind oh, of we, we, I had a blast with that. It, it, it all started, we were looking through Shattered Fortress drafts, 
and there was a line in there about where is Gardner Kerensky? And there's a whole sidebar about Gardner disappeared. Anastasia Kerensky came in and took his place. So we were talking on one of our development calls and I said, um, Bill, what tell me what happened? He goes, I don't know. We just had to put Anastasia in there. So we wait, just put her in there. Wait, time out, time out. They literally just got rid of a Sakon and just like without a plan. They're just like, nah, his name doesn't yeah, sound that cool. Was, and that was before. Way better. That was before Dude. our divine influence. Okay? So, yeah, and just so we're clear, if you think that's that, that is the the smallest of the things that we inherit. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh my uh, gosh! Dude, Wait a minute. Right? You guys yeah. crafted pro- quite possibly one of the greatest heist books ever in battle in in his like this was a great heist book on a typo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. honestly, it uh, was. I'll a, also it... throw out. Go uh, ahead, Brent. I will throw it in no uncertain terms. This was Blaine. Blaine. Blaine's diabolical mind. I'm sure he was sleepless for a week and a half coming up with this because this. Other than we're like, yeah, we should figure out what happened there. <laughs> Nobody else put any brain power into it until Blaine shows up with this idea. And he's gone all the way down the rabbit hole. Oh, <laughs> I totally, I, yeah, yeah, it was bad. Because I said, well, Erner goes away. But I, I said, Anastasia's, she's a funky character to deal with. Because she's carrying all the baggage from the Dark Ages stuff. And I said, I'd rather spend a little more time talking about Garner and so they bring Garner back and they're like well where'd he go and so I said well he went to go get McKenna's pride oh my god and then that became well it's in the clan homeworlds and and the original sketch that I threw together for how this was all going to happen was that Vlad had sent a team back steal the McKenna pride and hit it actually in Aid Falcon space which I thought was really and Erner went to go recover the ship and they're like oh that's really good and yeah we had that story set up and handed it over to Craig Reed and Craig Reed did magic oh with my it. goodness and he just he turned it into like Ocean's you know 32 type thing exactly I mean, it just it was spectacular it was a great book it was awesome. He did, and he was sharing drafts of it with me, and I'm like, "Gee, this actually is better than my original idea," which really pissed me off. But it was <laughs> so cool um, because it was like I just kept reading it, and it was like and it was supposed to be like a novel, and it just kept getting. It was good. The characters were cool. He had some sex in there, and that was kind of nice. It was good. Fifty Shades of Grey Death Legion. I I was very clear with Brent and the team. I said, if we're going to Earth, I'm bringing the McBride. That guy. It's like the battleship New Jersey parking off your shore. I mean, that is. And it, you know, and I said, not only that, but I'm bringing Alexander. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. You're bringing bringing the general home. That was really cool. <sighs> and and there's a lot of there's you know, we have this running joke because I use I use the McKenna's Pride and Betrayal of Ideals too. Remember that to bombard uh, yep. Stratomachnia. 
So, uh, you know, I, we have this running thing. If anytime you see anybody in the McKenna's Pride, they always go down and spend time with the dead general. So you know that scene is going with Alaric. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. You know, he's going to go down and spend some time with everybody. Every time we do it, even in Craig's book, you can't pass up that opportunity to go down and some quality time with the dead corpse. And uh, it's really interesting. It, it's absolutely fascinating stuff. I wanted that ship there. It needs to be there. It has to be there. Well, freaking huge kudos to Craig now that I know the fact that an entire awesome book came out of the fact that oh, yeah. nobody had a clue where he went. Oh, I, no, I that, came up with Icons the idea. Of, Icons of War was great. Yeah. Oh, I I came up with the idea of like, hey, we're you know we're not only that, but it, let's make Garner interesting. He's an older yeah. con. He's brought in by a previous con, and you see that in children where it's like. Alric's sitting down with him, he goes, I suppose you're here to kind of fire me and bring in your own con, and, and he's like, no, I need you to keep the hardliners focused on the task, which is getting to Terra rather than trying to absurd me and what I'm doing. And Alric just... shows a lot of po- political savvy to do that. That just screamed Victor Steiner Davian to me. I mean, that was like Pure Victor coming out, like political maneuvering. I know what I need from you. You want to stay, you know, you want to stay in the show. <laughs> and I'm going to milk out the last few ounces of, of, uh, Sakon out of you, you know, kind of a thing. So that was, that was awesome. Yourself so just the, the Kerinsky's plays. Go ahead, Brent. Oh, I was just going to say the morals of the story is that when Blaine calls you and says, so I've got this idea, just (laughs) say yes. Just say yes. That's what you do. (laughs) Even if it's just an idea spurned on by a typo or an editing mistake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you go for it. (laughs) Wait a minute. Children of Kerensky was was Moneyball only put into the Battletech, uh, (laughs) into the Battletech universe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh, chances actually that short chance, fat guy. Chances, uh, no, uh, yeah, chances the short fat guy. <laughs> David Justice is uh, 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 Kerensky. <laughs> no, okay, yeah. The thing that I liked about it, if you put yourself in Garner Kerensky's place, he becomes this awesome character. As you think about it, he's a clan character who's getting close to being Salama. Yep. And this is it. You know, this is your only shot in your lifetime to actually go to Terra. So he immediately becomes the biggest supporter ever of Alaric. He was one of my favorite characters. Garner? Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I, liked, I liked him too. Yeah, he, he's this character that's like... Hey, you know, um, I'm I'm in because if I don't go in, I play the games that have always come up every time BattleTech players or BattleTech key figures play with the clans. They get caught up in their internal politics, and it screws them up. Yep. It's like, hey, I'll smooth that over. 
I'm in. I'm going to go. I'm going to nail this. I, I'm I'm going to run with the ball. And he becomes this incredibly awesome character. And, and I like that out of it. <laughs> if that was you, you'd be like, sign me up, coach. I'll I love, go in. I loved the conversation where he's like, I need you to leave. He's like, what? It's <laughs> like I'm the sock on. Like and he's and then and then Alert goes, I need you to go get the McKenna's pride. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. This guy. Right here. I can, I can take pick me, pick me, pick me, pick good, me. Good, good call, buddy. Good call. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. This story is what made Garner Frensky interesting to me. I think he became one of the most interesting characters in Battletech lore now. Like, yep. you know, living at this point in the timeline. Could completely because of the uniqueness of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Chance cool Fickers character, is very accessible. Chance is incredible. Oh, is Chance it? is yeah, but we Chance is totally devoid of any ambition. Totally yeah, devoted is... to I'm going to win this battle. She is a yes man to the nth degree. You guys got anybody like that over a catalyst? Like just literally. <laughs> We'll strap a bomb on. <laughs> no, 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 no shout outs for the mailman or anything like that. No. <laughs> squirrel. You know, there's a big argument to be made about chance, though. Yeah. I think the squirrels are yes. <laughs> the squirrel is chance vickers. <laughs> uh, you know, chance, the argument could be said that she's totally loyal. Um, and that she doesn't have ambition. The argument could go the complete other way when she realizes fueling Alaric to do this is the most ambitious that you could possibly have. It, it, in a lot of ways, for me, it's kind of like Ender's Game. Yes. How when all of those kids survived and they go back to Earth and then you have the Shadow Wars and stuff going on, Petra was the one that was the most ambitious out yep. of all of them. 100%. Because she was thinking long-term beyond any of the players. Because she was thinking about what actually mattered. That I for act- me, that's a chance. Yeah, I actually made that connection as I was reading. I was like, oh, damn. This sounds a yeah, lot it, like Petra. Yeah, it has nothing to do with their In a, in a, we, in a different way, but... Yeah. Her final scenes of the book are... You're, what, you're what do you just mean, gonna, final scenes? Everybody's no, what, got a final book? scene oh, of some in sort book. in the book. <laughs> Power of the Wolf. Oh, and no, that doesn't mean everybody, anybody's dying. It just means oh. uh, final scene that you get to read about her. You're just going to go, holy shit balls. She is just I'm so excited oh. about this character. And the thing is, you, you kind of go, oh, that's horrible, but kind of hot. <laughs> you, you, you broke Andrew. <laughs> he's back. Face when you uh, he's got a smirk. He's, he's back to ten frame. He's back to ten frame. Andrew. <laughs> kind of hot. I'm like, that's. I did not expect that to come out of Blade's mouth. I was like, whoa, this took a turn. Are we on? Are we starting to write out Fifty Shades of Grey Death or what? I'm I mean, telling you, man, come on. This is this is really something. It's I'm serious. The Grey Death keeps coming up, by the way. I'm serious, man. You could have the Grey Death Legion in like 3016, you know, 3016 somehow like kidnap <laughs> Natasha Kerensky, and uh, what's uh, what's yeah, that's not happening. What's not uh, happening. the the, the blonde chick? Uh, 
<laughs> Lori. Lori and Natasha maybe have like a thing. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> It's you know, too I late appreciate... for you to go down this road. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> just just stop. So I <laughs> and you have been home with the pandemic. Wait, we're age. trying to we're trying to increase <laughs> we're trying to increase women subscription. Oh, Never mind. Have. In fact, it's interesting the the first character for uh what will be the rebirth of the Great Grey Death Legion is included in Legends. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I made a pledge from the beginning. We're bringing back the Great Death Legion. You just you just uh, made just, uh, Lore Master Charles Gideon very happy. Yeah, and just so we're clear, no, we're not. You know, reincorporating the the half decomposed body of Grace and Death Carlin. No, I mean like <laughs> a, a story like that feels realistic. That feels that honors the character, the universe, the story, where we are in the storyline, and everything. Uh, I, it's it, it's funny during the. Uh, uh, the summit. Gosh, that was a year and a half ago now. But you know, during during that last summit, we're all bashing stuff down, and 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 no joke. Like all the main authors are arguing back and forth with you know Phil Lee sitting in the middle, trying to take you know trying to look innocent. Uh, and, and off the side, Ray and I are like, you know, we should, I got an idea for that Grey Death Legion. You know how we can bring them back and stuff. And we're working. <laughs> we actually did like two and a half pages worth of notes while these guys were all arguing on the on the rebirth of the Grey Death Legion. So, <laughs> The Great Death Legion is absolutely going to be coming back um, in in a whole new generation where it's rebuilt, you know, where the descendants decide to rebuild something from the ashes. And it is not the old Great Death Legion. This is all new. But uh, yeah, so you will see this. I've Go got ahead, I've got an Easter egg you guys all missed, too. I, you know, Brent talks about how you sneak things in like that. In... Children of Kerensky. I brought back Archer's Avengers. Archer's Avengers? What? Yeah. Yeah. You got everybody has missed it. Everybody well, for doing that. Yeah. Lane, I already have to read through the entire Dark Ages books. I, I can't I can't I can't <laughs> no, get, no, no. go back and read. I brought them back and I did it in such a subtle way. Remember um you have a character that's arguing with Malvina about honor and he and she he's like, You've given me this horrible assignment. You made me you undercut my bid, sent me in against them, and I didn't get it done in time, and they only yes. escaped with like a Mac and whatever. Yes, and he, has to, chase, name he was, has to go chase him down. Yeah. The name of the unit. Avengers. <clears throat> no kidding. Who's that, Brett? Well, that doesn't seem like an Easter egg. That's just like you game blade out, blatantly came out and said it. I know it's so funny. Boy, but nobody it. caught it, including the editor. <laughs> John, get better at your job, man. Come on. Oh uh, man, you you gotta watch me. I'm a I'm a sneak. You're, you are sneaky. I I sly. Your tease and Nobody your caught that. And I don't have to explain it either. That's what's beautiful. <laughs> it's like it's there. So it's canon now. Oh, somebody else we, has we, to figure out. We didn't keep you past your bedtime, did we, Brent? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> bedtime. Uh, oh, it's coming up at 1 o'clock for me. Yeah, we got to tired. Well, let's, let's... Your, your bed is right behind you. Just go take a nap. <laughs> oh, that's my grandson's bed. <laughs> When's moving date? Yeah. January 30th. How close are you with the house? January, January 30th. 30th. 
Um, it's finally, we finally got a move-in date. Um, and I'm working on stuff for the acrylic pour on my table. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I've got a bunch yeah. of Balmac map blueprints, um, some stuff that's going to be on the table. That I send that bad boy the... a Wolfnet Radio podcast uh, logo or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell, I got to tell you, the um, game room is something I think you guys are going to want to see. Well, we are going to see it because you invited us all to that house yep. to go play yep. with you. So we're going to have Blaine Con. Blaine Con. I, I've, Buckcon. We're trying to figure out. I'm trying to work through the <laughs> Uncle Buckcon. I'm trying to work through the logistics of that, but uh, I want to make sure I have the game table in place before we uh, do that. If when you see the room, I think you'll be blown away because it literally has the entrance to the game room is a giant blast door. Nice. It is decorated appropriately for BattleTech. <laughs> so. Well, and the like... entire room itself is actually Starship, including nice. the floor. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. Ooh. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I got to slip it in is... a quick shout out for our Seth Glenn because he's been doing immaculate work on our uh, logo. So, yes, Immaculate? Very much. Immaculate. immaculate. Stupendous. Done a pretty good job. Super califragilistic expialidocious, even. Now so it's anybody late. else got any show note? Uh, <laughs> shout outs for anybody? Send them out now. I got. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Ray, Ray Barasti could use one right now because uh, either that or just like a dump truck full of coffee. <laughs> Poor guy is not getting any sleep right now. <laughs> Ray Arasta? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that guy's life sucks. <laughs> uh, the map artist, by the way, she's been working like around the clock for. This is week three now, <laughs> cracking stuff out. So, yeah, turning into. I'm kind of looking forward to the Legends book. Legends is really kind of a cool little thing that almost kind of flew by me on radar, and I got asked to do a piece for it, and I was kind of surprised. Legends has actually got some really cool stuff going in it. When it all comes together, it's it's going to be really pretty amazing. Um, unlike anything we've seen or done before. So yeah, Legends is cool. Yeah. And you got to remember, and Brent, you know, Andrew and Aaron have no idea what I've done with them. Well, you what? what I we... did with their canon characters. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I call Blaine a tease, this has been going on for like a long time. Aaron, you have nothing to say. November 11th, this last November 11th. It was three years ago that Blaine sent me a text and said, I got something for you. <laughs> it was three years ago that that happened. So before we had yeah, Kenny character. He's a dick. Before, actually, before nothing, it even happened, yeah. Nothing's really changed that much from all of that time. I actually showed you a little snippet of the text. You did? Very tiny. I did. It was, you didn't get to see the yep, good stuff. It was, no, it's... it's um, I'm, thrilled can't i can't wait can't wait and i don't know if i'm going to be able to not read past chapter 35 i just i'm gonna get it i told you he's gonna cheat i told you he's gonna cheat he's gonna cheat (laughs) so that way he doesn't cry on live air i won't cheat blaine i won't do it you know me i'm a man of my word (laughs) your 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 character Uh i have more fun with the dialogue here your character is like 
I don't know how you could have fun with my dialogue. I, I'm oh, pretty, I, pretty I, quiet guy. Because I used a lot of military stuff, and I'm sure John will remove words like unfuck and make the guys <laughs> un- alive. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's like there's some great lines. Just, and I know that they'll never clear that I have my Oh well. <laughs> um hey, before we do um full on shout outs, I do have a Wolfnut Regiment uh update. Uh I have make it, deemed make it quick. I have Oh now you're gonna you're gonna tell me to make it quick? Now it's, you're going to tell Blaine's, me to hurry up? It's past, it's past Blaine's birthday. Oh, or, my. Bedtime. <laughs> we're going to do, do another pew, one in two pew, weeks, man. Pew, so pew. just you can hold off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shooting you with your own crusader. <laughs> anyway, Wolfnet Regiment for all of our faithful listeners. Uh, I have deemed it now that the 350 rules are out. And I don't have to spend hourless days worrying about that. Uh, we're going to turn our, <laughs> our efforts as the command star, that is me, Matt, Tommy, Charles, and Andrew, to um, training some of the new uh, recruits and some home guard guys. And we're going to play a couple of Mega Mech games with you guys to um, either learn Mega Mech Understand how how we do things, and then uh, after a few games, we will plug you into first, second, third, and apparently maybe fourth bat again. I don't know, but um, so be on the lookout. Join the Discord channel, uh, and be on the lookout for when we do a call out on Facebook for new recruits to uh, play Mega Mech with us. Uh, you guys listen to us on the Wolfnet Radio podcast. There's no reason for you not to play with us on Mega Mech. So um, hit us up on that. Uh, let us know when you guys are available, and we will try to accommodate you and uh, get you into the regiment. So that's my little uh, soapbox for the Wolfnet Regiment. And to piggyback that, we've been doing that recently is, what, this last morning at 3 o'clock in the a.m.? Well, I don't know. So uh, did we you had did you get some seven prospects? Or, we had seven or nine of us that filled. Um, oh, we ran a scenario straight out of uh, the Tukiyid and or nine ran of some us. ran some Comstar against uh, Ghost Bear, and we ended up victorious. We got our got our campaign war chest points. Luckily, barely nice. scathed nice. by. It was pretty even, uh, especially with our die rolls and Mega Mech not liking us for a while. <laughs> Mega Mac doesn't like me anyway, so <laughs> so we took on the target of Luke and uh, went through the forest, and it was awfully terrible with fire. And uh, I was going to throw out a shout out to um, Conair Niner for uh, giving kudos <clears throat> through the game through uh, also Quartermaster and Ali. Which, uh, Ali at Quartermaster Logistics for responding to emails about uh, error products and replacing them promptly and very well with good uh, oh. good customer service. Awesome. And uh, what else was there? Kaji was throwing down a lot of the training, which was really good fundamentally. Uh, got a, at least one new player right down with us to uh, play the scenario. Everybody, everybody needs a Kaji in their life. 
Everybody that needs was, a Kaji. That was the teddy bears picnic scenario. So <laughs> love the new titles, especially. Uh, oh, also, don't forget to sign up for Tuesday Night Fights. We Those had another gentleman from Eastern Europe uh, jump on as well while we were playing and asked. You were doing Thanksgiving? I, where can I sign up? So he was going to check out Tuesday nights. I was so pissed I missed Thanksgiving. I wanted to be in that so bad. <laughs> and also uh, expect some care packages for us uh, coming in the mail from someone I'm not going to tell you who yet. Yeah, I'm working on my terrain. I know I have to send it out to two people. Because I fucked up the trivia question yet again. <laughs> Harmony Gold is still fucking with me. I don't know what it is. I, I just, I don't understand. It's time to move on. <laughs> How did that turn out? Uh, it didn't turn out very well. Uh, because You had two? Well, I blame Charles. I, I just blame <laughs> Charles. I, I had nothing to do with any of it. That's, that's I, my thing. I, Charles I, asked I me... If I didn't the... write the question. I didn't read the question. <laughs> I didn't come up with the answer. Charles asked me if there was a if there was a catapult because somebody said catapult, and it was our very own Kaji. Kaji and I said, "Well, it looks like a catapult to me." And I didn't realize there was a lot of back history behind it, and that the actual battle he stepped on a marauder. So then our very own Kevin Dub says marauder, and I was like, "Well, fuck it. I'll just send terrain to both of you." I should be punished for my never again. I'm reading. I'm never again reading trivia questions. Never again. I'm not doing I've been it. Try, I've been trying to get that across a couple of times now. We wrote it even in the show notes. Aaron, don't read past this. Past this line. I didn't read past it, but you also have to tell me to never have any hands in on anything to do with trivia questions. So from now on. I won't do anything. So what I hear is the volunteering to do all trivia questions moving forward. That's that's what I hear. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yep. Yeah, that's the way it works at Catalyst. See, you showed weakness by saying you didn't want to do that. That's you know, I, I praised Seth Glenn before, but now I will I will ridicule him for making us have this Facebook page to where I also have to look at messages from another page that, that Charles is asking me about, and I'm like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> You will get this right, standardized by the numbers, or you just continue to do it until you get it. So what is the new trivia question, Matt? We who is had... the ghost knight? Is that what we're doing? Oh, who is the ghost knight? Yeah, yeah. Trivia question. That, who is ghost the, knight? Prize supplied that, that's the by new one. Brent that's, Evans. That, that's, that's from Catalyst. That's from oh, Brent. Oh, that's from okay. Brent. <clears throat> that's from I'm, Brent. I'm, I'm happy yeah, that's with not that a trivia. question. The WNRP trivia question was, who was the commander of Comstar at the target of Luke during the Battle of Tukian? Submit your answers at at the WolfNet Facebook page through the comments, not the comments, the messenger. There we go. Brent or Blaine, do you guys have any final shout outs for anybody? While we get wrapped up, just, uh, plug yourselves. Plug All I can yourself. tell you is creative, <laughs> yeah. creative juggernauts going to be doing some really cool stuff in the next year. Uh, Do you have a website? Creative creativejuggernaut.com. Creativejuggernaut.com. Creative hyphen juggernaut. That's pretty easy to remember. That's that's yeah. almost as that's almost as clever as AriesGamesAndMiniatures.com. Uh, Actually, in yes. truth, we, we, we did have creative juggernaut.com 
until it got sniped from us. And so now it's creative-juggernaut.com. So, oh, there's that's, a dash a, oh. that's a big thing. This is yeah. radio. This is radio. So they need to know that. <laughs> right. Damn that domain squatters. A lot, yeah, there's a lot of stuff up there already. Is a little kind of out of it. No, some of you guys took part in our last Kickstarter for the uh, drinking game, the presidential debates. So, thank yep. you for that. And, uh, there's a lot more Kickstarters coming. Yep. Great. I and have. I got. I got a shout out to Brent. Brent, thank you for contacting me and saying, "Hey, let's do a podcast." So here we are. Thank you for reaching You're out. Welcome. I'm glad you guys. Glad you guys were able to make this work. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Ryan Peterson, B1B Flyer. He uh, runs uh, Camo Spec Online YouTube channel on his uh, Black Widow uh, painting uh, tutorial. Um, it was. I really liked uh, how straightforward it was, and it was very, very easily consumable. Um, it, it should really get beginning painters comfortable and. For middle of the road painters, he pointed out a lot of concepts that you, you could really tweak to, to make your paint projects go and look that much better. So um, thank you for doing that. I know that's not an easy thing, but um, people watch it and people pay attention to it. Um, yeah, right. And also, posts have just been amazing. Have you guys been watching? Like the last year, I don't know what it is, but he's just like upped his game so much on bringing people up to help everybody be able to access, figure out how to make their, their miniatures look better. It's just been awesome. Yeah. If you guys aren't watching camo specs on YouTube. I don't know what you're doing with your life. What? What did I say? If you're not watching camo specs on YouTube, oh. I don't know what you're doing with your oh. life. So oh, then, I stole it. I fucking stole it. Didn't I Charles? I stole it. Oh shit. No, it, it... <laughs> Like nobody heard the first four words of that sentence. All they all they hear heard was you yelling to people for not watching YouTube. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll edit that one out then. I have the power. <laughs> and you I got more, a, uh, shout out, Andrew. Yeah, I got one more to again to Ryan, Ryan Peterson, Kevin Dub, and and Dale. How do you say his last name? Edie. Ida. 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 Dale. Ida. Ida. Idy. So just Idy. just so everyone just everyone know that uh, they're banging on my door to get on the show. So I told them, uh, you know, starting next year we're gonna get some CSO artists on the <laughs> podcast, and and we'll start getting some conversation we around. Probably some figure out so. how to pronounce his name before he comes on the show. <laughs> I'll get it, it figured out before we go on the show. Michael. We had <laughs> yeah, Michael on the that? show. We had no idea how to say his name. Yeah, I did. So, <laughs> Matt didn't. Oh, for fuck's sake! Sure didn't. I sure didn't. I'll follow Matt. I sure didn't. All right, right guys. I, I'm going to piggyback off uh, a lot of people's. So I'm going to uh, shout out to Ray um, because it just feels good on Discord when I see his name and it says "working on BattleTech" as opposed to playing BattleTech like everybody else's. Um, just makes it feels good knowing that somebody out there is working hard on on what we all love. Um, Next one is uh, Kevin Dub for those Nova Cat Max you painted up. Every time I went by it on Facebook, I had to stop and swear, blow it up, <laughs> zoom in every single time. I'm not even kidding. Um, and the last one is all the fellows that uh, 
took me out for the Thanksgiving uh, turkey na hunt. That was a good time. Um, thanks for inviting me. Um, we'll have to do it again next year. Matt, you got any shout outs? Right. I got to piggyback um, with the regiment. We've been having the, uh, the new sheets updated for uh, campaigns and big shout out to uh, gold Bishop for uh, updating that, put some new stuff in there to make it a lot easier and user friendly. And thank you very much to Brent Evans and Blaine Lee Pardo for whoa, coming and whoa, spending their time. Whoa, I got a shout out. Oh, God. I got a shout out. Shout out to me for coming and oh, doing God. this instead of watching my Packers win 45 to whatever the hell the Bears just try to put up for for whatever. But, uh, yeah, shout out to me <laughs> for putting priorities first. Yeah, but it know. was the Bears, so it was not going to be a <laughs> and, <laughs> and, if, and if you were so involved in this, how do you know the score already? Uh, I was watching on the other <laughs> wow man we're really proud of you conceded by the way, check by the way, if we had more men like you we'd that. have less men like you i know right <laughs> and and the the commanders of the regiment they want that training schedule outlined pronto Ooh-wee. that sounds like a wolf howl to me Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Woof. <laughs>